We have not been listening. The people in power have not been listening. I have come here for a climate demonstration, not a political view. So I think the left definitely ran out of people to cancel, so they're probably canceling themselves, as you could see from that particular video. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. My name is Zerkadowski here of WeAreChange.org, and we have an incredible show for you for the next two hours that will transpire here on this particular platform and then get pretty spicy and go off to rumble.com forward slash we are changed. We have a packed house here today with a lot of very interesting people. One Miami woman who's late. Who would have thought people from Miami, especially <laughs> the female kind, are late as, of course, Stephanie and Clint are running shotgun here as we have a lot of very important issues to get into as, of course, we just got breaking news from ABC News surrounding the larger political persecution of Donald Trump. There's a lot of crazy news also going off, particularly inside of the Middle East with a northern conflict in Israel. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the fats. We're going to be talking about birth control, plus a lot more all here for the next two hours. So make sure you share this broadcast with your friends and family members. And if you want to participate in this broadcast, you now can by becoming a member of LukeUnfiltered.com. It's quick. It's easy. Just sign up. And as soon as you do, you get access to a Telegram channel that we are monitoring right now. You could send us clips. You could send us articles. You could actually even call in at the end of the broadcast. Signing up again, quick, easy. Click here join and then you will be able to get into the telegram and be able to of course have conversations with all the guests that we have here on this broadcast we of course will be answering super chats and also answering people who super chat on mysuperchat.com our own website that only takes three percent of the fees from super chat as of course youtube takes 30 that's a lot of percentage points that we are winning if you go to mysuperchat.com. We're going to be reading all of those throughout the day as, of course, lots of news, lots of really spicy conversations. Joining us for this conversation is Lauren. Lauren, who are you Hi. for the people who have never heard of you? Hello, I am Lauren. I go by Lauren De Laguna on all the socials, and um, I am a recent law school graduate, just passed the bar in two states, waiting on my license, and uh, I'm doing podcasts, great podcasts like this one, whatever, Fresh and Fit, uh, Ricada, all the cool ones, so yeah. Sweet. Perfect for the conversation today, especially with the latest news that just broke with the Donald Trump prosecution in Georgia. Clint is also here. He's uh, you're not a legal expert. You're uh, no. What kind of expert are you? Uh, I just make things up, and then I, I assert them as fact, and then everybody agrees. Just like almost everyone on the internet. Just like a legal expert. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I am the host of Liberty Lockdown. I'm also the co-host of Tower Gang, as well as this fine program right here. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in once again. I am very excited. I will be on TimCast IRL with Dave Smith on Wednesday night. Do not miss it. And my fine co-host right here. 
Hello, everyone. I am Steph of We Are Change. You can find me on Instagram at Steph We Are Change. And I forgot, we have a website. We have thebestpoliticalshow.com that Stephanie actually thought of the name of, which was brilliant. You can now go to thebestpoliticalshow.com and you could check out the live stream that we have here that should be streaming right now. And you could watch all the episodes that we have for everyone so far. I think we have now 13 episodes. The the the, the debate thing should be an episode here. So technically this is episode 14. We have a lot of episodes. We have a lot of very controversial figures that are going to be coming on the show as I'm talking to a lot of really crazy individuals that, of course, will be joining us for some very spicy conversations in the not-so-distant future. But let's just get into the main story right now. As just moments ago, ABC News is reporting that they have obtained a video from a Georgia prosecutor interviewing the ex-Donald Trump attorney, Jenna Ellis, who raised a lot of funds for her legal defense fund, by the way, and was essentially given what a lot of people have called a slap on the wrist with her latest cases and charges. And ABC ABC News is reporting that Ellis was telling prosecutors that she was personally informed by a, quote, top Trump advisor that Trump was not going to leave the White House despite losing the 2020 election. Very important statements from Jenna Ellis that, of course, are going to be playing all throughout this election cycle as there's going to be a lot of revelations, a lot of up and downs. There's going to be probably October surprises every single week with the way that we are going with this election cycle. But but Lauren, what do you think are some of the larger ramifications here with, with this kind of admission? Is this something that is going to get Donald Trump in hot water? Um, I don't know. It's a very, well, I think anything gets him in hot water. He'll blow his, blow his nose and he'll get in hot water. Um, however, that being said, I just don't know why she's able to make these statements. Obviously, she was told these statements. Um, if a Trump advisor gave her these statements to be a legal information for the benefit of Trump, I'm not sure she has the right to be expressing private information that was given to her under attorney-client privilege. So I find the whole setup very interesting. And if Trump is going to get a different attorney to try to prevent her from leaking more information or what the situation is here, it's extremely yeah, if, if, if you're Donald Trump, who do you trust when you can't even have attorney-client uh, privilege? Right. You know, anytime I meet a lawyer, I give them a dollar. They're like, what do you give me? I'm like, well, you know, let's just talk. I did this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do this to Viva Frey and uh, Robert Barnes. Uh, and, and I was like, hey, guys, we're going to become friends. Whether you like it or not, I'm probably going to need you guys. So with, with what's happening right now with, with essentially the, the weaponization of the DOJ, with what we're seeing happening in our mainline political discourse, it is a legal expert that knows nothing about law. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think that it's, it's very strange. I also don't think that it's necessarily true uh, or why that would be relevant to Donald Trump, given that someone in his cabinet said that they thought that he wasn't going to leave once he lost. Like, like, like that's such a like hearsay third person. I, mm-hmm. why, why is that relevant at all? And it's very frustrating that this narrative continues to be pushed. He did leave the white house. What does it matter to quote Hillary Clinton at this point? What difference does it make? <laughs> He left the White House, for God's sakes. What are we talking about this still for? It's bizarre. And that's what a lot of people are responding to in the comment section of this story on, on Twitter. One of the few 
actual websites that allows comments. It, I remember just even a few years ago when all the media organizations had comments, they got rid of all of them mm -hmm. because people would call them out on their bullcrap. One of the first comments that we're reading here, particularly with this story, Steph, do the browser whenever uh, I'm, I'm bringing up anything up, up here. It, one is by Brittany Rowe, who says, whoever leaked this is brilliant. Whole case is in shambles. That's another important uh, justification here to, to understand the larger kind of legalities here. Another person, the Contro, can't say this word, IG group said, cool story. He left the White House. So this is a completely meaningless story. And I absolutely agree. Another person here tweeted an image of Judge Judy. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Trump did, in fact, leave. So is this the, the Democrats trying to make something out of nothing? And is this normal that this kind of video footage is, is out there? No, it's completely abnormal for an attorney to be talking about what uh, information she was gathering while representing a client, even if it wasn't information directly from the attorney or from the client themselves. Um, yeah, no, it's actually completely despicable. I don't know how. Yeah, hopefully this will actually really backfire against them and the whole case will um, be thrown out, hopefully. But that seems unlikely because of everything that Trump has been going through. It seems like a lot of kangaroo court. He hasn't been given the benefit of the doubt in almost any situation, especially with that. <laughs> that Sorry. essay situation um, when he got when he privately was sued. Yeah, he has not had any leeway in the courts whatsoever. Well, what I don't understand is why is this being released from ABC News? I mean, this is I would assume this is some sort of testimony from her to get out of prosecution because she took a plea deal, right? Okay, if she already took the plea deal, though, then what benefit does she have to continue to leak attorney-client-privileged information? No, I, I think that this is probably testimony during the plea deal process. If it's part of the plea deal, then it's it's still... I, that would be really... Un unprofessional. Yeah, <laughs> extremely unprofessional. An attorney is supposed... When they are tasked with uh, doing something that would put their clients at risk like that, they're supposed to say, I cannot and be held in contempt for the benefit of their client. You're supposed right. to like, this is it's multiple it's, ethics. It's, violations. Like, it's like what journalists are supposed to do with their sources. They're supposed to go mm -hmm. like, if the government comes for my sources, I'll go to jail. I'm not going to put my sources on the line. That's kind of what the attorneys with their attorney client privilege are supposed to do too. It just seems as if like the Trump uh, phenomenon has, has really demonstrated that very few people, in media, in law, all just across the board actually have any principles to speak of. It's it's now, disappointing. If she really wanted to, like if she was seeing things that were going wrong while she was rep representing Trump, she could have um, made internal notifications and she could have documented this internally. And then when it came time for her own criminal trial, she could have said, hey, look, I've been documenting this internally since this date. And here's actually what's been happening. And they can deal with it uh, privately without having to reveal all of Trump's private information. But the problem is the reason you have attorney-client privilege is so people can rely on attorneys in the future. Right. And so this makes a huge um, trust issue for people in the future if the government is able to just require attorneys. Well, my, my question is, though, it, is the government leaking this information to ABC f because they want it in the public view? Because, you know, she takes a plea deal. 
she's kind of out of the picture, but then all of a sudden they're they're leaking, uh, you know, testimony during that period. It's very frustrating. Look, is it possible to play that? It's only one minute clip. I just like to hear what she has to say ex- exactly, so we make sure it's not taken out of context. Hold on one second, sure. and uh, let me try to pull that up for everyone. We were dealing some issues with the stream, and it froze for a little bit, but now we're fine. So if you're watching and hearing us, refresh the stream, and everything should be working uh, fine there. But I'm going to play this audio clip from uh, ABC News that, of course, is running with this headline right now. Okay. And uh, at the time... Uh, period where they were going to start to discuss what was uh, Dan Scavino's role? At the time, I believe his title was social media director for the White House. It became deputy chief of staff um, at the time that the conversation in question took place. Okay, and when was that? The conversation was around December 19th of 2020 uh, at the White House Christmas party. And I uh, emphasized him, I thought that the, um, the, the claims and the ability to challenge uh, the election results was essentially over because he said um, to me in a kind of excited tone, well, we don't care and we're not going to leave. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, the boss, meaning President Trump, and everyone understood the boss. Um, that's what we all called him. Um, he said the boss uh, is not going to leave under any circumstances. We are just going to stay in power. And I said to him, well, it doesn't quite work that way, you realize. And he said, we don't care. Okay. And... Yeah. What's your response to that, Clint? I just, well, first off, it's not Trump saying it, so it's not really relevant. But also, we now have empirical evidence that he did leave. So I, I just for the life of me, why is this still a debatable topic? I, I, yeah. I think we're going to have a, a lot of different revelations coming out uh, throughout this whole entire election cycle. As, of course, you go into uh, Google News, you go to Alphabet News, and it's just you type in Trump and it's just nonstop coverage. CNN News, live updates. Donald Trump Jr. testifies. AP News, Donald Trump Jr. returns. The New Republic, Trump's idiot lawyer, shares faulty evidence in fraud trial. Again, that doesn't seem like a very, uh, you know, fair and balanced title there. <laughs> that really doesn't seem like, uh, you know, fine journalism there. As, of course, Washington Post, Trump calls political enemies vermin, echoing dictator from World War II in Germany and uh, and Italy. And, and, and again, how is that the Washington Post? A- again, this is not news. This is not coverage. And I think an- another, another aspect here that a lot of people need to kind of understand while reading and dissecting all the news here is that the more that they attack them, the more popular they actually make mm-hmm. them. Because if you look at where Donald Trump was before these indictments were announced, he wasn't doing that well. And then indictment after indictment after indictment after indictment, his poll numbers keep going up and up and up. This is a very strange political cycle. As of course, usually when, when a candidate doesn't show up to debates, their, their poll numbers go down. Donald Trump's numbers have been rising. And I, and I think this case highlights a kind of loss of legitimacy by the corporate media that is just doing everything they can. Or what if it's a PSYOP within a PSYOP? What if... The powers that be know that, hey, let's just get Donald Trump in there. Uh, again, that's my conspiracy-minded. That's my tinfoil <laughs> hat here. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm far too, too wrong, but maybe I'm right here. Because if you're the establishment and you're going after Trump so aggressively and you're only making him more of a martyr, why continue to do it? That's a question that well, I ask myself. A lot of people are trying to make it so that he can't run again legally, but there's contention about whether or not it's uh, constitutional to prevent him from running simply because he's charged with crime. So that's where that's at. There's a lot of people who are 
thinking that if he's physically in prison, that would prevent him from becoming president. So it doesn't matter what his poll numbers do if he's literally behind bars. A a lot of the right-wing commentators are like, we'll get the black vote this way. And I'm like, hey, there's some implications behind those statements there that uh, I don't think a lot of people realize. Clint, you had something to say. Uh, Well... I think I think that he's going to get a lot of uh, people that feel as if they're oppressed by the state to support him. I, I was actually I was on with Tom Woods this morning. That's, and I, a, liti- that's a nice litigious way of saying yeah, what yeah, I just yeah. said. Well, but uh, I mean, I'm not a black mm-hmm. dude that's dealt with the law, but I still like I, I've said this. I, I told Tom Woods this this morning. I was like, I was like, the only way you could possibly get me to vote for Donald Trump is if he's behind bars on some BS charges. Like that is that's the most compelling argument to support him that I've ever heard because the, I want someone who's actually being, you know, persecuted in the way that I feel that the state would like to persecute me. The argument is though if he is behind bars, even if the people vote for him to be president, he'll still be disqualified under other amendments for inability to do his See, I, duty I, don't, I think that's president. unlikely though because as president couldn't he pardon himself? Um it depends. Well, you can only pardon yourself for federal. First of all, I don't oh, know yeah, if anyone's state ever charges charged. He couldn't. So he has yeah. a lot of state charges. So yeah. like if he's behind bars, there's won't he won't be able to do his presidential duties that are required of him. To to answer Luke's question, um, I think that it's the reason that they continue to do it, even though it's helping his poll numbers, is because they're trying to remove him from a, a handful of swing state ballots. And I think that's a distinct possibility. I honestly mm. do. We got a super chat from AQI Audits who says it is no measure of health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. Mm. Judy Krishnanamuriti. I'm probably saying that wrong. Uh, but you know what I'm trying to say here, as of course, uh, thank you for your super chats. We're going to be reading uh, a, a lot of them, as of course, we move on here with this particular conversation that I think is a- absolutely important because I, I just kind of wanted to ask you directly, Lauren, what do you think is going to be happening here? What's the over over under with these charges, with these cases, with these indictments? Do you think he's going to be arrested? And do you think he's going to be able to become the next president of the United States because of that? What's the give me the raw numbers here? What's the data say? I think. OK, well, I haven't. <laughs> This is a lot of guesstimation here. My guess is that he would likely win um, in terms of at least for the Republican nomination. I think he will absolutely win that. Uh, Whether he wins the general, I could have sworn he was going to win last time. We have a lot of issues with our voting system. So to say that he's going to win the general, uh, that's extremely difficult to determine with the current issues we have. Um, especially if Wuflu 2.0 comes along. And um, is he going to get arrested? Yeah, I, I see that as a high possibility. Um, asked me last year, I would have said, heck no, there's no way any politician of that level is going to get arrested. It's just something that we don't do. We never arrested the Clintons, even though they committed crimes. We never arrested Biden. We just don't arrest people at that level because otherwise it would turn into a banana republic. But... We're beyond that, and they, they're they out for blood. I think he's going to get arrested. I mean, there's presidents be, before us in our lifetimes that literally extrajudiciously assassinated 16-year-old American citizens, and they were never held accountable for those particular actions that they personally literally signed off on, which is absolutely crazy that a president could do that. Uh, he, he won uh, a Nobel Peace yeah. Prize, for I, God's sake. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and again, this is an issue. I don't know if you're familiar with this particular issue, but, but again, there's time and time again where the president did something absolutely outlandish. What happened, especially with the rendition programs, the torture programs, the lies to get us into war. There are so many actual real things that politicians have done that, have, that has led to 
tremendous, horrible effects and death to so many people. And we're holding someone accountable for uh, essentially paperwork or overvaluing their property. Are you freaking kidding me? That is not a rule of law. That is a kangaroo court. We are living in a two-tier justice system that has been essentially weaponized. But I think the majority of the American people are realizing. So this upcoming election, I think, is going to be extremely dangerous because we're moving in a way where the system wants to stop Trump at all costs. And this avenue is not working. So what is going to be their next avenue of attack against Donald Trump that they're going to be doing everything they can to stop him from becoming the next president of the United States. Oh gosh, that's scary. When yeah. you talk about yeah. how everything just keeps on escalating and then if you're talking about literally throwing him behind bars not working, then what's the next es escalation exactly. past that? Yeah. Oh, well, it's the 60th anniversary of JFK's assassination, just saying. Oh, nice. To I, is that, I was is thinking that today? <laughs> I believe it was today, yeah. No way. Uh, I won't. I won't make it so explicit as to say that that's. That the... was pretty explicit. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I made it decently explicit, but you were like, you took it right there. No, yeah, no, November twenty second is when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Oh, I saw. I saw a tweet this morning that said it was the sixtieth anniversary. If, if it's if it's tweeted on the internet, it has to be true. Well, that, that, look, I just assert things and then they become fact. That's how it works. So this is the anniversary. It happened. Uh, look, I I think I think that they're probably going to pull him from the ballot. What I find what I find fascinating uh, is that polling wise. He's he's dominating in a way that he never like it. This I mean, obviously at this point he was just trying to get the nomination uh, in the in the last go around in, in 2016. I mean, or 2015. Uh, but now in the swing states, he's up four, five, eight points in many of the swing states, which is what he lost in 2020, which ultimately gave Biden the 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 edge. So I think that he's he's in a position that. Based off of a legitimate election, I think it's highly probable he will win. What I find fascinating is that the the articles that they're writing about Donald Trump in his second term is like Donald Trump is an existential threat to democracy because he intends to weaponize the system against us. And it's like that, but that's what you're doing to him, you know, like that, like everything that they're accused. And this is this has been the same story with Donald Trump for his entire political career is that whatever they're guilty of, they accuse him of mm -hmm. the, the Russia collusion stuff. It was actually Biden in Ukraine that was colluding. Mm -hmm. uh, and now and now it's down to this. Uh, also, the election yeah. interference, I mean, just it, every, time and time again, they accuse him of what they're doing and them saying that they're going to weaponize the judiciary or the, the White House against his political opposition is like, y'all have already done it. That's what you're doing. And yeah, they're like, he's going to do it to us. And I'm like, yeah, this is why this was a bad idea in the first place, because we have Republican presidents, we have Democratic presidents. And I think right now the system is, is scrambling, but they're also running a, a, a dummy puppet flesh suit that is not all there. <laughs> they're running a guy who, of course, can't even make coherent sentences. They're running up against a guy who could barely walk and talk for frick's sake. So, so they're setting themselves up for failure, but they're making the stakes so high that when Donald Trump probably is going to be the next president of the United States. When he comes into political office, his backlash against the people who went after him is going to be the same way. And this is why it's kind of creating a life or death situation, which is absolutely stupid, which is absolutely dangerous, and therefore needs to be absolutely de-escalated. Will Donald Trump be, will be the one who de-escalates? Well, by, by everything that he's saying, Probably not. Will Wait, the Democrats de-escalate? This no. is the question. Um, do, do I want yeah, to like, see the state kind of implode and fight each other? Well, kind of. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. I love to, you know. Same. No, but yeah. I mean, like, let's say Trump somehow miraculously, be, you know, became president. Everything was good, and he's in office. Would you want him to go start persecuting his political enemies just the way that they persecuted him for justice sake, for no. equal, for balance, I, or would it turn into a banana republic? And the problem is, we said. 
like last time he was in office, he always said that he was going to, you know, if I were President Hillary, you'd be in jail. So we had thought that he was going to do that the first time around. And when he did it, that created major issues because he didn't do it. They be, they came back with a vengeance. And right. so well, a very great question. I'm going to ask our audience on YouTube right now. Should Trump prosecute his op opponents uh, and then people are going to be able to vote yes and no? Personally, with the way that things have been kind of escalating in this pendulum swing, my initial kind of reaction without giving it long kind of thought is I, I would hope that there would be some kind of like truce. There would be some kind of de-escalation that real sinister, horrible individuals who have hijacked government would be held accountable in a reasonable way, but not where Donald Trump has to, of course, put down the iron fist, get rid of our civil liberties, destroy our literal li limited rights that we still barely have left. I, I, I would hope it would be measured and and correct, but also not in a way where it just spirals out of control. How do you do that in such a tumultuous, crazy situation? That's another question. But uh, uh, initially, my reaction, no, I wouldn't want to well, see it, personally it's, myself. It's not that I, I don't want him to do what the Biden administration or the Clintons or whoever is responsible for all of these prosecutions against Trump have done. I don't want him to do that. What I do want him to do is prosecute the actual criminals <laughs> and, and there's they're plentiful you like it doesn't have to be his political opposition i don't want him to go after his political opposition i want him to go after the criminals i want him to go after the epstein flight log i want him to go after everybody that's actually destroying this country and eating it from the inside out those are the people this is the whole reason that donald trump had such an incredible uh you know momentum and and was such an underdog and came out of nowhere and won the presidency is because a lot of people rightly or wrongly believed he was going to be that guy he wasn't that guy and now the system is flipped on its head and it's coming from for his, for his jugular. And like, I don't want him to go after people. I don't like if Biden's not guilty of corruption in Ukraine. No, I don't want to see him prosecuted for that or impeached for it for that matter. But if he is guilty, you better believe I want to see him put behind bars. Yeah, that's that is true. But there's something to do with like prosecutorial discretion where pretty much everybody is committing crimes Every day? Yeah, yeah, every day. And so you're just I've deciding. never made a billion dollars off of Ukraine. I don't know about you. On, on average, there's so many, so many laws on the books. An American, on average, commits seven, uh, breaks seven laws a day. So, so when you're in the position of power where you get to choose who is being prosecuted and who's not being prosecuted, it's even if somebody is... Um, like committing crimes you might not have the it might not be good for society to prosecute them in a lot of senses so there have i typically disagree with this even my law school dissertation was against this very idea and i am for prosecuting where you see wrong being done that being said you can't prosecute all the time and once you get the power it's hard not to direct that power towards people that you dislike oh hello amy thank you for joining us you miami girly Looks like we have a, 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 a late Miami woman arrived to, to the podcast. Who are you? What's your name? And uh, for the people who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Hey, guys. Uh, sorry I'm late. That traffic from Fort Lauderdale to here was terrible. Uh, but my name's Amy. I had it around the wrong ear. Yeah, thank you. Um, I am Australian, but I live here in Miami. And I guess what I do... Um, 
Well, I've always been a sales gal, so I currently work for Bet David Consulting, but I also am kind of in this like media world now as well. I have my own channel and, you know, like to do cultural and a little bit of political commentary too. Well, nice. Well, welcome to thebestpoliticalshow.com as we have the best political show here uh, and the conversation is already heated. It's a very interesting one. Um, so, 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 I mean, we got a lot of answers from um, the poll that we just ran on YouTube. I think we could pretty much show that to everyone here in the audience, but we already have uh, a couple hundred votes and overwhelmingly, a lot of people say Trump should prosecute his opponents as soon, he be, as, soon as he becomes the next president of the U.S. United States. That's, I guess, your position too, as as well, Lauren. Uh, wow. I, I was kind of in the middle because there's positives and benefits or pluses and negatives to it. That being said, uh, yeah, I, I think he somewhat has to at this point to make it even. That being said, you don't want to be too gung-ho. I do not want this to become a banana republic. That being said, I want people to feel like there's some sort of justice, that it's not just the conservatives and the right who are persistently being prosecuted, especially the Trump people. Everyone in Trump's circle has been prosecuted and it has been completely biased against him. And he has no one left to trust anymore because anyone he could trust, they take away or they flip. Like, for instance, even that attorney in that little clip, the way that she was zealously describing uh, Trump's uh, what was social media social manager, media manager yeah. the way that she was describing him as like eager to tell her about that was unnecessary information as an attorney you really know okay i only have to provide what is necessary for this and she seemed eager to make trump look poor like be painted in a bad light why because she was flip she was flipped by the state because she got a deal yes and it's <laughs> and so yeah i think in order to make it even it's a set boundaries again he somewhat has to well, it's not even about it's not about evening the scales to me as much as it is like if you want even if you want to even the actual scales like to get to real equilibrium look into lindsey graham right look in look into mitch mcconnell look into mitt romney look into all of their siblings and relatives that are, are profiting off of uh, unnecessary unconstitutional wars time and time again like i would like to see a bipartisan just cleansing of every corrupt politician in our system and until we have a leader that's actually willing to do that a la el salvador's uh i think it's bukele uh, that's basically what that dude did. He came in there and he just was like, we're going to clean up all of the corruption. We're going to get all of the gangs off the street, all of the, you know, drugs, everything else. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, uh, iron fist type, you know, fascist leader. Right. I want a guy who actually uses the judicial system for what it's supposed to do, which is provide justice. It's hard though, because it, I agree with you. That being said, all of the conservatives you named were are blue are rhinos. So like we're not you're not saying go after Matt Gates or Marjorie Taylor Greene or well, Lord Lord Gobert. Go for him. <laughs> right, but we're the problem is once you get power, like you and I, we agree. So we're I don't see those people as corrupt, but I'm sure the left does. So once you have the power, then you get to choose who you think is corrupt, and then you get to attack who you. It's right. just problematic. But isn't, isn't the judicial a, system supposed to not care it's about to be blind? Our, yes. That's why it has the Lady of Justice with the you know blindfold well, on when tr with trump the, the the lady of justice has binoculars on <laughs> she's looking as closely she as has possible a microscope <laughs> <laughs> it's very much not blind 
right. Someone in the comment section said, show me the dude and I'll show you the crime. And uh, absolutely, as mm-hmm. of course, we are living in lawfare. We are, we are living in a, in a crazy time that's only going to get a lot crazier the closer we get to this next upcoming presidential election. And with a court proceeding going to be broadcasted to the American public on Super Tuesday, uh, I, I think what we are going to discover is going to be changing a lot of people's minds and perceptions. We got another Super Chat here by Paul Wilson, who said, total transparency, declassify all files from JFK to Hunter Laptop. We won't need to press charges. As Of course, the court of public opinion is another very important court that a lot of people don't don't put a lot of significance on, but but I think it's fair to say here plays a major role in all of this as a lot of people are saying, hey, uh, you punishing Donald Trump this extensively is only backfiring, and therefore we're going to be supporting him, leading us towards a very dangerous situation that we described here that I don't see uh, peacefully resolving itself because how? How in the world will it? As, of course, there's even some conspiracy theorists saying that this is all meant to, of course, perpetrate a right-wing administration that really is going to put the fist down, which, again, anything and everything could happen here, especially with how just crazy things have gotten. Now, um, unless you guys have anything else to say about this particular issue, let's move on to the next story, which is a little bit less tumultuous, and that, of course, is the situation in the Middle East, as we are getting... News reports and footage right now from Israel showing specifically heavy military reinforcements going towards the north of Israel, towards the border in Lebanon, where, of course, there is some scuttlebutt about a potential conflict that now could be happening between Hezbollah and Israel. As, of course, now we're getting comments from Israeli Foreign Minister Eli Kohan saying, quote, We are working on the borderline and deep within the territory to remove any threat as already. There has been significant fire and action and war and and, and battles that have already started inside of northern Israel, southern Lebanon. And how is this situation going to unfold here to me? It's, It's just another major escalation that should be called out that I think should actually be uh, dealt with in an appropriate fashion. Will it? Probably won't. What do you guys make of the latest news and developments happening in the Middle East right now? You know, I, I've unfortunately, it just looks like another front for a potential world war. As you guys already know, there's multiple U.S. carrier strike groups that are out in the Mediterranean. They are there specifically to try and dissuade other Muslim or Arab nations from attacking Israel while they implement their you know counter strike into Gaza. So. It makes me very nervous that there's yet another front that's potentially opening up. Uh, you know, Iran is allegedly uh, backing these militias in Syria as well as Iraq that have attacked uh, U.S. troops. My answer, as is always the case, is to bring our freaking troops home so that we don't have to worry about these people attacking us. Uh, that would be a good start. But if we don't, and it doesn't look like we're likely to, well, then it just takes a you know one missile bombardment to actually get through our defense system, and we lose a dozen troops, and then God knows what happens from there. Yeah, all it takes is just one accident. People don't understand just how vital and just how crazy this entire situation is as the United States just launched a, ter- a third strike 
on Syrian rebel groups that have been allegedly linked to attacks against U.S. soldiers in the region who are there siphoning off oil for uh, <laughs> some strange reason without the permission of the Syrian government. Again, the United States has a lot of different military installations in that particular region. I think, and, and I don't know if you agree with me, uh, but, but I think the United States' involvement in all of this complicates the situation, makes Israel a lot weaker, makes them dependent on the United States, and makes them a bigger target and enemy in the Middle East. Now, that's a very kind of nuanced talking point, but would you agree with that kind of sentiment, or do you have a different perspective here? I personally don't like when the United States gets involved in any, I like trying to be a world superpower. Um, I was briefly in the Air Force for two years, and so I have a lot of friends who uh, are still serving and risking their lives for conflicts they don't necessarily stand for or for uh, countries that aren't their own is just not right. That being said, we have created this mess by being involved in world organizations and by promising and having certain connections with other countries and promising con uh, protection when we shouldn't be promising protection. Same with like uh, Taiwan. And uh, it's so majorly complicated that it actually brings me to tears, especially as a Jewish woman. Uh, watching this entire conflict has been extremely difficult for me, um, mm -hmm. especially because Obviously, I would just want to, it would be so much easier if I could just say, oh, I'm pro-Israel, like obviously, duh. But then you go on Twitter and you see all of the Israeli state statist accounts just straight up lying and spreading propaganda. It makes it very difficult to know what is truly going on and to assess the, the situation fairly. What type of propaganda are the accounts spreading? Uh, they've been making lies about like I, I, I forget specifically what it what For, it was. Forty babies was the big one. Oh, that was that was a huge one. Yeah, I don't know if you heard about that, but they said right. That. And then they when they went to look into it further, they were unable to get any confirmation of right. that. Right. Well, it was it was one like radical settler troop who told a, a journalist outlet that journalist that journalism outlet coincidentally was very friendly with Bibi Netanyahu mm -hmm. uh, strikes me as highly propagandistic and it was planted by a, a single without any evidence just one single you know story and then on top of that today the Israel uh, I forget which member of the Israel IDF came out and said it but they said that they found some like Arab translation of Hitler's Mein Kampf in mm -hmm. one of the children's rooms and it's like like is it possibly true sure but come on <laughs> be, and how would they recognize that? The just like the likelihood of well, it had a, it had a big like cartoon picture of Hitler on the front of it. Oh I mean, Lord Jesus! <laughs> yes, exactly. Just, so like, yeah, maybe it, it's true, but it's just it's obvious war propaganda. And then simultaneously, mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes we'll see war propaganda that that has led the American Empire into these conflicts, and usually it's children. That, you know what? The biggest war propaganda has been for me that just it, I don't get it. And like I have a so October seventh was truly devastating and what happened is disgusting and deplorable that being said the missing flyers posters throughout every single city in the united states what benefit is that doing are we actually going to get these people home like they're murdered they're gone and i get that you want to you know give that message out there and make it permanent but 
it, it just seems like that's not, it seems propaganda. It doesn't seem re- like, it's, it seems it's, Well, there's propaganda on both sides here, especially when it came to the attack on the hospital that some people were reporting killed 900 people. Right. And then, uh, and then there was like, oh no, it was, it was the hospital parking lot next to it. And right. it's like, oh and yeah, it might've been a, a Hamas missile. And so, so again, who's telling the truth here? I think no one. I, I, I think truth mm-hmm. is the first casualty of war. And when we're looking and ingesting a lot of the news here, I think we just have to be like, hey, um, it's probably propaganda. It's probably lie. It, it, it's probably even in some instances that I've seen shared online video games as people are taking clips from video games and they're saying, yeah, this is Gaza happening right now. And I'm like, hey, this is why we can't have nice things because people are so emotionally invested in, in all of this. The stakes are so high for people that they're like, we need to lie in order to save lives. And, and I think this is the point where a lot of people have reached that there's no going back from because how do you unwind this kind of massive emotional manipulation where people are so invested that they're willing to go above and beyond to try to make you believe just anything so you don't like the other side? Uh, well, right. And to, to Lauren's point about the, uh, the flyers, it's it's crystal clear to me that there's a domestic domestic propaganda campaign to try and get. I'm not saying all of them that are put up are for that purpose, but the fact that it's put up so broadly, and then on top of that, you'll have speeches from Netanyahu as well as other Israeli you know higher ups that will be in English. Like, right. Why? Like why? Yeah. Why who is that for? But you know why? Because right. it's supposed to hit us here because they want the American people to be outraged about what happened, which we are. But then as a consequence of that, it gets public opinion. Uh, elevated so that then larger and larger aid and military packages can be sent to, to Israel. That it's, to me, it's quite clear. And then on top of that, you have strike force or uh, carrier strike groups that are in the Mediterranean. And it's like, well, if Hezbollah strikes them, all of a sudden America's at war with Lebanon as well as uh, you know Hamas. It, gets, it can get out of control very quickly. It just kind of feels like, and ugh, this is going to sound kind of like uh, too reductive possibly, but it feels like, oh, our Ukraine attempt at making World War Three isn't happening fast enough. Let's Bingo. try another. Um, let's try another location. That's the old war. Wow. No one cares about that conflict anymore. That one's outdated. That one's yeah. complaining. That one's uh, not going too well for them. And uh, <laughs> I, I think they have definitely set their intentions to uh, push that uh, Ukrainian husky Who? girl to the side and uh, move towards a more voluptuous uh, <laughs> Israeli lady with uh, great drilling potentials and uh, and uh, you know another. Maybe Suez Canal that would be very plentiful and moist and wet and wet for the United <laughs> States and the international trade here. That would work in uh, you know the, the greater benefit of the U.S. military empire. That of course is more interested towards controlling and influencing trade routes, which historically is where most of the conflicts usually have begun. So, mm. so there, there's a lot of different things unwinding here, but the situation does not look good for the Ukrainians. It, it is. Bad and no. it is tragic because I've, I'm getting reports from some of the people I know there because I'm from Poland and and I know you know my, my family member my fa- a large portion of my family is still there so they're able to get news that is still largely kind of unfiltered than than almost anyone else because they're right there in the region they're getting the firsthand accounts there and they're like it is bad it is absolutely tragic it is absolutely horrific the huge amounts of populations that have been wrecked devastated and eliminated for what right. for what reason it's 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 just sad beyond comprehension to understand the huge civilian life loss and the, and the life loss of an entire generation that there's no going back from and now we're saying 
We'll do the same in Israel. Like, yeah, let's give Israel more weapons. Let's let's support them, just like we did the rebels inside of Syria, just like we did the rebels inside of Libya, just like we did the people in the city of Iraq. And uh, what was what what happened afterwards? Those people were screwed over. Right. There was massive sectarian violence. There was massive amounts of bloodshed. And to me, this is why I am a non-interventionist and don't believe the United States meddling into this conflict is not helping Israel at all. And in my opinion, an actual detriment to Israel and the Israeli people, which if you actually really cared about, you would be, of course, considering their voices here more than ever. And uh, sadly, we just kind of ignore them. And then we're like, all you know, Jewish people are bad or all Palestinian people are bad. Again, just the conversations are absolutely toxic Ouch. online. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it's crazy. And, and, it, and it makes it difficult because it's so toxic. The, the conversations are so bad. You just don't want to participate in it. You don't want to even be a part of it because it's so nasty and disgusting. And it's like, hey, can we just stop killing each other? Can we just stop murdering people? Can we oh, just can we stop Are you stop on the side each other of Hamas, up? Luke? Yes. I, I know, right? It's like, you know, and again, I didn't even say who, what, or, or where, but automatically people just jump on. Oh, you're this. a potent apologist now, Luke, huh? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, look, if uh, to play off your incredible uh, sexual illusions during that entire <laughs> rant. Uh, if we were just like out there fighting for the women of Ukraine and Israel, like put me on the front lines. Gorgeous, gorgeous human beings. Uh, but aside from that, no, thank you. No, I don't. I don't want to. Someone, someone's, si someone's single. <laughs> yeah, I guess the benefit is you know less Ukrainian men, more options for you. Oh, out dude, there, you're gonna you have know? your pick of easier, the litter in Ukraine. Easier shooting your shot. Yeah. Well, most of the Ukrainian uh, women have actually fled the country. They they went to West countries and a lot of the men if they're uh, above the age uh, under the age of 60 they can't leave they have to stay they have even to fight. if they're actually trans women yes and there was multiple oh, really? stories and yeah. incidences of uh essentially dudes with wigs on <laughs> trying to be like no I i'm a woman you gotta respect my my, my pronouns and then uh the people who con conscript everybody was like no you're going to the front lines buddy we don't care they have a whole entire woke division of um those that people. Would be funny. <laughs> I wonder, like, in your uniform, are wigs included? If, like, it's all trans. They have a lot of American taxpayer dollars that, um, you know, were gifted to them, but, but uh, a lot of Ukrainian bureaucrats took a lot of it, so it might not be in the budget. Okay. Right. It might not, it might not be allocated, uh, but, uh, you know, who needs wigs when, uh, you know, you have mortars flying and absolutely wrecking havoc and destroying everyone on the front line? It's crazy to sorry, see sorry, that operation. Sorry, Olga. We, we had enough money for your for your uh, hormone therapy, but Vlad needed another line. <laughs> so they're like, they, uh, poor people. It's yeah. <laughs> crazy. But but now again, what happened in Ukraine? I think could very easily happen to, to Israel. I, I think it's it's fair to, to speculate this. I think it's fair to it's assume bit, this. It's a bit different just because Israel already has, like, for their military, you're required to serve. Everybody in the yeah. country is required to serve for two years, and most people serve, I don't know if it's most, but a good chunk of them serve a lot longer. So, whereas, I don't, in Ukraine, I actually don't know what the conscription was beforehand. I don't think they had nearly as large of a population no joining the military at the time so you have a bunch of you know just normal civilian type people being forced to fight i mean they, they've been putting guys that have essentially like bare bones training up to no training on the front lines and just cycling them through it's just it's just a total meat grinder right Oof. yikes it's terrible and, the, and they're that. up against the russians which are deeply entrenched with uh you know their battle lines drawn and they just have artillery to fire on them so they just send mm. these these poorly trained 
dudes in there. They have no idea what they're doing or what they're running into. And, and you know, oftentimes they, their and life expectancy the would be. Like, yeah. like on D-Day, like you see American, you heard about American soldiers. Like some of them were signing up at 16 lying, you know, trying to get in because anything to save their country. There was like a major passion and people wanted to be there knowing that they were going to die. And you're not seeing that same sort well, of passion. And I think, I think to a certain extent in the early days of the war, that was very much the case in Ukraine. I it, t- Today, I think that the morale has decre- decreased exponentially just simply because it's been a year and a half of bloodshed there's been virtually no gains like the initial um morale was a lot of propaganda like the ghost of kiev and like snake islands like go ahead bomb us oh that was all fake oh okay cool well it's it's just like it's just like america after 9 11 i I never have been in a more unified country than i was in september you know september September 12th 12th, (laughs) it was like it was like everyone had each other's back and then you realize oh yeah and then we killed a million innocent people for no reason because nice. of because yeah. of that, unity. and we still don't know the numbers. We still don't know exactly how many people have uh, passed away because of this conflict. Some people are estimating two hundred thousand. Some people are saying six hundred thousand. Those are lives that you know. There's 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 no getting back. Uh, that's an entire country devastated. As of course Vladimir Zelensky announced, "Don't worry, we'll just open up the borders and of course have immigration come in and replace all those people." Don't worry, BlackRock and Goldman Sachs. They already have the contracts to rebuild everything oh that your tax dollars essentially paid for the destruction of. So. Th- it's such a crazy situation that it definitely deserves a a lot more attention as the corporate media reported on it a little bit, but Ukraine is losing. They they essentially lost. Now, I think they're still going to be holding out until the next presidential election. And um, Do you mean American or or Ukraine? Because they already canceled the Ukrainian election. No, no, the the American election. So so I think, because right now, if they lose the war, that's going to be essentially the, the... the nail we, in, in the Democrats, uh, in a Democrats hopeful, you know, for presidency. Do we know like what the concern? Yeah. If a conservative were in office, what's going to happen to the United States position in Ukraine or in Israel oh. for that matter? Depends I say day on one, as soon as a new administration comes in, they're like, OK, uh, let's make a truce deal. Let's make a deal here. And the war's over. I, uh, I think that's going to happen. I, I think the immediate pivot is to is to uh, Israel. Uh, it, like it's so crystal clear to me that the evangelical voting base for the GOP has them highly incentivized to stand with Israel to yes, the end of time. Very true. Yeah. Whereas the Democrats were doing the same thing with Ukraine. Now, now, yes. now that we have a new war, we get a GOP president. All of a sudden, everybody's standing with Israel, and the military-industrial complex continues to that's get fed. That's so true. For the most part, that's so true. Uh, the only thing is, I would say, like conservatives in the red pill space, you're losing because they're actually becoming more pro. Like like anti-Jewish, pro-Muslim, and mm. so um, you're going to lose some conservatives. But yes, for the most part, it's such a swap. We had conservatives who were skeptical of Zelensky, whereas you have Democrats who are very pro-Palestine and freedom of Palestine, gays mm-hmm. for Palestine, exactly. queers yeah. Type, for Palestine. Queers, yeah. yeah. If only they knew. Go. If go only there. they knew. <laughs> yeah, you're a queer. Why don't you go to Palestine? Check it out. See yeah. if you like those laws. Oh, yeah. It, it seems like this conflict just made everyone go crazy. Sorry, Amy, you, you were going to say something. I was just going to say, I wish that I did have more to contribute. I'm definitely yeah. not as versed on like international, you know, politics, policies, and especially when it comes to wartime. Um, and one thing that's made it really difficult for me to even do research on this topic, and even when talking to people, um, is what you said, like truth is the first casualty in war. And it's like, for me, I'm just trying to talk to people from both sides who either have family or heritage from both sides. And even then it's like people's 
their view is going to be based upon their paradigm, what their family has told them, right. you know? And so it's it's really hard to get to an absolute truth. Or, no yeah. or, or their emotional involvement in all exactly, of this, which is driving I mean. them instead of logic and critical thinking. Yes. Uh, but don't worry, we, we have a lot of other uh, degenerate and fat stuff to talk about later on <laughs> on the Rumble. We're going to be talking about the so, fatties again. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a lot of fat talk. Uh, Clint, watch out. Uh, <laughs> but, but before getting into that, I want to talk about the Russian strategy. We have a couple of minutes uh, before we actually go over to rumble uh and then have a full uncensored unfiltered conversation as of course we are still on youtube we're still doing the little censorship digital gulag dance peeing like please don't kill us and, and get rid of our you know livelihood here on this particular broadcast please uh social justice warrior who's wearing flip-flops and has blue armpit hair please don't take us down we'll be nice for now uh, but but I want to talk about the Russian strategy here really quickly, and that specifically is uh, their their response to all of this was to entrench themselves, and a lot of the times they were retreating, but they retreated exactly to only a second or third line of defense where they were able to launch mortars on the new Ukrainians who were coming in, taking over their territory, and were absolutely being bombed and obliterated just to the point where the Russians then just easily moved back into their positions after they had everything exactly uh, like clockwork set up for them. And that was the policy that was essentially the spring offensive that was carried out within the last few months and weeks that has led to tremendous human suffering inside of Ukraine and an absolute destruction of essentially majority of their males. As of course, there's a lot of foreign fighters fighting in Ukraine right now. There's fighters from Colombia. There's mm. fighters from uh, Asia. There's fighters all throughout Latin America with international mercenary groups participating in this larger proxy conflict between the United States and Russia. Now, I want to talk about Israel's strategy here because I think Israel also could respond in a particular way that would be more advantageous to it. But I think the main reason that they're not is because of the political turmoil that Benjamin Netanyahu is in, as of course many people have expected him to resign. Many people are not happy mm -hmm. with Benjamin Netanyahu, are not happy with his leadership. He was hanging on by the skin of his teeth, if that's an actual saying here, or maybe I just made it up. I don't yeah, that's know. A, that's a saying. I okay, good. Uh, I, I like to make up my own words sometimes. <laughs> uh, but but when, when you look at what Netanyahu is doing here, I think a lot of this larger conflict that is escalating inside of Gaza, that is escalating within uh, Lebanon, within Hezbollah, within these Iran Iranian forces uh, and proxies that Israel is also bombing. As Israel has also launched a bombing campaign inside of Israel, uh, inside of Syria. I, I think a lot of this is happening because of Benjamin Netanyahu, who essentially believes that he is fighting a larger religious war here, and knowing that the longer this goes on, the more he stays in power, and as soon as this conflict is over, he's probably not going to be in political office. Now, his response, I think, is disproportionate. I think it's wrong. I think Hamas uh, absolutely committed war crimes, and I think they would have been dealt with by the Mossad, as of course, the Mossad has a long record in history of assassinating people, taking people out, and also capturing people, and of course, making them have their day in court and dealing with them in an extrajudicious way. They did this to, of course, all the Germans that went to Argentina, the, a, a lot of them. They did this to, of course, the Iranian rocket scientists and nuclear uh, scientists as well that were working on a nuclear weapon. So a lot of people say, no, Israel needs to do this. 
I, I think, again, a more measured response would have been directly going after these people. Now, it's, it's easy to arm back, armchair quarterback this, but, but I, I think with such high stakes, with so many different countries getting involved here, with Turkey even saying that they would invade Israel, I, I think a measured approach would have been the better approach, in my own personal opinion. But who knows? I could be wrong. Well, uh, this is actually a great question for Lauren because of your background as both mm-hmm. a jo- Jewish woman and a, and a lawyer. Uh, the reason that Netanyahu was facing, uh, you know, ouster, he was facing prosecutions for corruption, and he tried to put the judiciary underneath the Knesset right. and and basically get rid the nation of its division of power. It's uh, Supreme Court, yeah. yeah. So so it seems to me like like yeah, he he had a lot of incentive for this war to go very very hot. And is have you, has that crossed your mind at all? I mean, mm. yeah, I, it's difficult to say whether or not somebody would be so eager to maintain power that they'd be willing to kill basically everybody that they have power over. Um, that it's, it's a dark thought, but it's not the first time in history that that's happened. not the first time in history. Definitely not. Jews know that. Um, that being said, it, it's also the largest killing of Jewish people since the Holocaust. So you're saying a measured response. Well, the response that luke you were just describing is what we have been doing or what israel has been doing you know since its creation but this is literally the largest attack that has ever been placed upon the jewish people in in israel since the seven-day war and to some extent it feels like there needs to be an escalated response that being said to the extent that netanyahu is saying that seems a bit extreme that being said, I keep saying that, but that's part of Israel's whole military strategy is going balls to the walls. So that's why they forced all of their young men to join the military for two years. That's why they're so intense. Um, so it, see, it's, it's just very But that difficult. also creates kind of a radicalization program, especially exactly. if you're not that yes. considerate of civilians and the more civilians get killed, that radicalizes more individuals. So I, I, I think if you really want to do, deal with this problem, you got to go out of your way. you got to inconvenience yourself and you got to make all the efforts to make sure that civilian lives are respected. And I, I think as some Israeli politicians admitted, you know, the objective here is not to get rid of uh, Hamas, it's to get rid of Gaza as they're flattening a lot of the infrastructure there and essentially want it to be a tent city which uh it's kind of messed up in my opinion yeah well, see, no absolutely see the thing is like it's crystal clear to me that they could absolutely they could do that they could take out all of gaza the issue other than the moral but why, why why won't they go after the hamas guy the hamas guy is like a billionaire living in qatar there's so many like uh, you know hamas members sorry Claire, i cut you off but there's okay. so many prominent hamas members just no one's talking about qatar for some reason especially the right-wing influencers where all the Hamas representatives are in right now, just uh, hanging out, well, no problems at all. What I heard was that Netanyahu was actually funneling the, the funding to Hamas through Qatar. So I, it's not at all clear to me that, that Hamas is, is uh, it's obviously an enemy of the Israeli people. I'm not mm-hmm. at all certain that it's an enemy of Netanyahu and the, the more hardline you know, Zionists within Israel. And I think that's that's really what needs to be answered. You need you need serious answers as to October seventh. You yes. need you need to know what the hell happened. How could you have so, like? And then if you're not going to get those answers, but then you're going to turn to the same people that were responsible for security and just say, do whatever you think is best. It's like, right. well, you guys have already proven that you're inept. So why should I entrust you with that? And that's the exact same thing that we did after 9-11. We turned over all of our power to George freaking right. Bush, who allowed the largest terrorist attack in American history to happen. And then we said, hey, 
Go blow up as many nations as you feel like for the next 15 years. Yeah, and that's Terrible. how we got ISIS, and that's how exactly. we got the TSA, and I honestly don't exactly. know which one's worse. <laughs> <laughs> Very good point. They're, they're both pretty horrible. Before we move on to Rumble, we got a super chat here by I'm Not Your Buddy Guy saying, I usually root for peace, but one thing to always consider is at what cost... Hold on. This damn comment section. Hold on. This damn thing keeps jumping around here. Okay. At what cost global uh, communism may end war, but what it be worth it? Um, would it be worth it? Would it be worth it? Would it be worth it, Clint? Uh, if I understand the question properly, uh, <laughs> I, look, I, I don't think there, there's this there's this really big mistake to believe that you're going to be able to bomb an idea out of everybody that holds it. It's just not realistic. We've learned this with communism. The best way you defeat communism is not with hot conflict. It is without competing these people because they don't believe in prices, for God's sakes. There, there's no reason that the CCP and China should be eating our lunch. The reason they mm. are is because we're too much like China. We have to differentiate ourselves. We have to embrace property rights and the free market and capitalism. If we were to do that, then we could just demolish China, but we don't. We're like them, and that's the whole reason that now we're we're escalating towards a hot war to defend Taiwan. The, the truth is Taiwan could defend itself because all of those chips, the whole reason that the CCP mm -hmm. and America want Taiwan is because those factories are the, the they produce, I think, 75% 75, 75 of the most advanced computer chips on Earth, and if China or anyone were to attack Taiwan, they can just blow those those labs up, which makes the entire endeavor worth worthless. So I think that they'll be able to defend themselves. America needs to get out of it. They're escalating the tensions. Uh, I don't even know where what I started. We gotta we gotta move on really quick uh, to to Rumble. I'm just gonna read off one more super chat before we go off here, and that is from John Doe, who said, "Relax, guys, everything will be all right. I just saved a bunch of money on my car insurance <laughs> by not having one." Thank you for your super chat, John Doe. We also have other individuals who super chatted through mysuperchat.com. We're gonna be reading that on, of course, Rumble.com forward slash We Are Change. If you haven't made the switch yet, what are you doing? Go to Rumble. Don't be on the Alphabet, Google, YouTube, technocratic Bilderberg-connected platform that, of course, destroys free speech. Go on the alternative one right now on Rumble.com, and we should be featured on the front page here. We are, if you just scroll down a little bit, you could see Clint's big eyeballs <laughs> right there, and you can click on it and join the conversation live, as, of course, this conversation will get a lot spicier, a lot more interesting. We're going to be talking about birth control, fats, a lot of other dating issues, a lot of other social issues that, of course, we couldn't on this particular platform. Before we go over, just really quickly, where can people find you, Amy, Lauren, and Clint, and then Steph? Uh, you guys can find me on every platform as Amy Dangerfield. Yeah. You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, Lauren De Laguna. That's D-E and then Laguna. Clint Russell, host of Liberty Lockdown. Make sure you subscribe either on Rumble or YouTube or your audio uh, podcatcher. Also co-host of Tower Gang. Got uh, Lord Miles on to Wednesday night. That's going to be fun. He's he's a homie of mine, and I'm very glad that the Taliban released him. Um, and then I will be on uh, uh, Timcast IRL with Dave Smith on Wednesday and myself solo on Friday, so don't miss any of that. But if if we're actually running a show on We Are Changed, watch that and then watch IRL, obviously. I, I, was, I was very close to doing a trip with Lord Miles, and I'm very... Oh. Very happy. I'm very happy I didn't. Steph, really quick. At Steph 
We are change on Instagram. Right, seriously, what are you doing? Go over right now. Rumble.com forward slash we are change. Go on there. We're gonna be prom- we're gonna be promoted on the front front page, but now you just have to scroll down a little bit. And of course, we are the third selection on the picks. Click on it right now. Rumble.com. As uh, of course, this platform doesn't allow us to actually talk about the news. It doesn't allow us to express our actual opinions. It doesn't allow us to actually have any kind of free speech. We have censored limited speech here where we have to be careful i have to dance around all these little stupid hoops i have to self-censor myself and i and i feel like i'm uh, an autistic stutterer when i'm on youtube rumble everything's let loose and that is where the real conversations are at go right now rumble.com forward slash we are change i don't know why people aren't doing it it's more important than ever that you guys go right now to rumble.com forward slash we are change if we have just officially turned off the youtube chat and <sighs> you can now breathe and say your favorite racial expletives and go off but it's not actually what we do here but you could actually now finally not have any kind of limitations not any kind of restrictions as we could get into a lot of the kind of hot button spicy issues that i think are definitely definitely worth talking about that sadly we cannot talk anywhere anywhere as of course joe rogan recently made some very interesting comments about rumble saying this specifically it's like there's only a few uncensored platforms that are available now rumble's one of them you can kind of yeah, do whatever yeah. you want on rumble yeah but i feel like great. it's not you know it's not as mainstream but yeah. it's certainly growing but think about how long it took for youtube become to become youtube that's true and as there's more restrictions put on youtube i think things like rumble will probably grow mm-hmm. and as more content creators move over to rumble it'll probably grow yeah for sure yeah i've been i i, I think rfk and russell brand they kind of put stuff on there i've started going barry wise does stuff on oh there. nice Glenn, oh Glenn good, Greenwald. good good i think barry does stuff on there luke Rudkowski, you know, Clint like, russell they're exclusive over on rumble pretty cool with you know the best political show.com it's just it's just the website that of course is probably going to, going to be true as of course we have a, a lot of really incredible guests uh, amy lauren thank you so much for for joining us specifically we have so many different things to talk about but i wanted to start off on this kind of free speech platform uh going into a, a kind of very interesting conversation regarding sex Woo. and doing it and uh, this is uh, a, a video that I saw on Instagram that I think is worth paying attention to that talks about this in a very interesting way as we're going to play the audio. You guys got the headphones you guys could hear, right? Mm-hmm. Hold on. Let me just restart this there. Bless you. Founding Kellogg Cereals. He invented Kellogg Cereals while he was the director of the Battle Creek Sanitarium in Michigan in order to give food that would suppress sexual urges and desires. That was his mission. He also would see parents who would bring in their children who were masturbating and wanted to stop them. He'd put them on a vegan diet, put them on a plant-based diet, give them a bunch of these cornflakes in order to suppress their sexual urges. And he would also circumcise them without anesthetic, boys and girls. He would actually cut the clitoris off of girls and he or use acid or other caustic substances to scar and score the clitoris and labia to make it painful to them and punish them and to make it painful for them to do it again. He actually pushed this on the rest of the country. He thought this was a very healthful thing. He pushed, he convinced the medical establishment in America to push for 
male circumcision. He tried it for female circumcision, saying this was better for their health. He didn't tell them what his, his actual motives were, which was to suppress masturbation. That's what it was. He convinced the medical establishment that it was actually in, in the best interest of the child to uh, to circumcise young boys. And this is why most Americans uh, are circumcised. It's sort of starting to change because people have, have become aware of this more recently. Uh, he tried to do it for women too. He thankfully didn't get get through with that one. But this is this is where these people's minds were at. Wow, lots of things to respond to when it comes to that particular short video that I saw on Instagram. But that uh, that was uh, Anthony Chef MD that released the video talking about the dangers of processed food, essentially linking them to what he calls a largely desexualization agenda. And I kind of got to say, if you look at vegans and and, and soy boys and uh, the lack of proper nutrition with with a lot of people who aren't getting uh, the the right good food and are eating essentially soy slop and seed oil filled high fructose corn syrup nonsense, I I think it makes sense. And this is why I wanted to kind of open it up to everyone to kind of ask them, do you believe that there's an agenda to over-sexualize people or to under-sexualize them? Uh, Because what's happening in society with sex is definitely dysfunctional to say the least. Uh, for me, personally, Kellogg's, fuck that bullshit. Fill the glyphosate. You don't want any of that nonsense. I haven't eaten cereals in a long time, and I'm not going to start anytime soon. I started to eat meat, just predominantly meat. A lot of things have personally changed in my life. But is there an agenda to make soy boys? Is there an agenda to make them oversexual or desexual? I don't know. I think all vegans are evil, just like essentially (laughs) terrible human beings, and they uh, need to get some cheese in their life. Uh, That being said... um, I like how you looked at Amy. (laughs) Amy, are you a vegan? Uh, I'm not vegan. No, I eat fish. I call my. I'm she is vegan. No, She's I'm vegan not. I eat fish. For fish. <laughs> oh, okay. So okay. I'm not. I'm not. So I'm not pescatarian either because I don't actually eat dairy. No cheese. Oh. So I call it vegan. Like I'm like vegan, but I also eat creatures of the sea. Oh, that's cool. It's yeah. a cool title. But then, as for the sexualization and there's a, the oversexualization, undersexualization. It's very interesting that you mentioned that because you look at. Uh, I don't want to say like Democrats, but like a lot of liberal people with like the short hair for the girls and the dying crazy colors and then the facial piercings and all these tattoos i really think that is trying to like make human beings ugly um and then simultaneously though you look at people and they sexualize everything nowadays like for instance we were just talking about the national what was it the national association for the advancement of fat acceptance and nafa nafa and um sounds nasty it is essentially a group of people where it's mostly women who are like you know, 300 pounds plus, and then a bunch of men who enjoy fetishizing these women. And so they make, like, you can make anything sexualized these days, including women who are 600 pounds plus big. Jesus. Moose Man 13 just left a comment on Rumble saying, take super colon cleanse. <laughs> I guess he's trying to help some of these uh, NAFA, NASA, nasty women uh, <laughs> that, that some people would describe here. But but I think that there is something that you said that kind of stuck out to me and made me really kind of think about this uh, from many different perspectives. And, and that is by over-sexualizing everything, you kind of desexualize it at the same time mm-hmm. as it loses its kind of value and its kind of importance in our society. Um, sure. and, and, I, and I think... For me personally, looking into this, I, I think there's a larger eugenist depopulation agenda out there that is uh, working on dividing and conquering, having men and women fight each other, see each other as their their opponents, seeing each other as as uh, competitors, and destroying the kind of harmonious relationships that people previously had that there's kind of no semblance of right now in our modern day society. I, I really do think this is a major problem. Elon Musk 
talks about this all the time because it's leading towards uh, a crisis in civilization where people aren't having enough children to the point where civilization will collapse because of it. So I, I think this is an issue that's important. And obviously, we can't talk about circumcision. We can't talk about masturbation and fatties and all that other stuff on YouTube. So finally, we have just opened up the floodgates and feel free to take it up, uh, you know, take this issue anywhere you guys want. Mm -hmm. I think that it's, uh, from my perspective, what it seems to be is for the most part, the over-sexualization of women. And you see this, uh, and I think that this could also be kind of like a pendulum effect from, uh, you know, prior to the sexual revolution and a lot of women feeling like suppressed. um, So it, it could be the ramifications of that. But especially with OnlyFans, the glamorization of it all, you know, you have 17 year olds promoting that they're about to make an OnlyFans on their 18th birthday, making a bag. Like, I think it's over, it's catered towards the over sexualization of men and then the under sexualization, sorry, of women and then the under sexualization of men. Mm. And I think that is more so through the eugenic stuff and actually doing things in the food and environmentally to really mm. actually affect like their testosterone levels, etc. Um, so I think that you see it play out kind of in both ways, but I also do agree that overall there's kind of this agenda to make men and women just more androgynous in general, you know, and that's why you're seeing like the, the, they, thems and all of that, you know, but so. it is super weird that like we over-sexualize women, like any woman is considered super sexy, right? Mm-hmm. You, it doesn't matter what you look like. They're all you're, tens. You're They're all te- queens. We're all exactly. But then you have men and there's literally incels, like literally groups of men who go on 4chan or 8chan or 16chan together and like commiserate about the fact that they haven't seen pussy since they left one it's wild it's like you doesn't matter what you look like as a woman you will get laid if that's what you want whereas yeah. men not the same pretty that's pretty crazy to me well it it just makes me it's i mean first off it's very sad it's very sad to witness because uh, i'm a little bit older generation compared to these like these 20 somethings that are just jerking themselves off into oblivion. <laughs> and it's like, it's fucking devastating to watch these people because mm-hmm. so many of them, I, 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 I marvel at the sums that I hear that these OnlyFans women are bringing in. And I'm like, how, how is it possible there's so many desperate loser dudes right. out there? But it's obviously abundant. And, and it makes me wonder, you know, to, to the point that both you and Luke were making earlier about how once sex becomes so accepted in public discourse, it, it has this weird inverse effect of like all these guys, they're not really desexualized. They're, they're still jerking off, which is a sexual act, but then they're simultaneously, they're not reproducing. So like, this is not a sustainable lifestyle. You just have these guys that are like self-isolated. They're basically agoraphobic. They right. just sit at home and watch OnlyFans girls and jerk off all day. And it's like, how, how does society move forward with a significant percentage of your young men being and of that world? Take view? it to the next level too, especially when, if it's all on the computer and then we have AI, AI coming girlfriend. into the picture, right. what is the need of like literally any sexual connection? This is whatsoever. literally already happening. Right. She as made well. a great like, video on it on her channel. Already. Yeah, which actually, speaking of censorship, it's crazy. When I dropped that video, I got the most amount of views that I've ever had within a period of an hour. And then after that, it literally got stuck on yep. those yeah. exact same amount of views. For, for days and days and days on end. So definitely think they were on to me there. But yeah, I mean, there's already platforms. There's this one called Cupid AI. Mm. Um, there was this woman called Karen uh, who made an AI version of herself that men can date for a dollar per minute. In the first week of her launch, she made $72,000. What the fuck? Fucked. You know, I, I, 
I was actually hanging out with a group of people. It's called EAC. It's Effective Acceleration. Um, it's about like the advancement of AI. And um, some of them were telling me about this really interesting, it's a company where you get to choose your own partner. So they, they could be sassy, they could be rude. A lot of them are like, a lot of people want to date someone like abrasive or aggressive. Mm. But the craziest part to me about all of this, and this is actually going to go counter to what I was saying earlier, 70% of the customers were women. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Well, that that actually I, blew I never my knew that. Mind. Well, what, I, I just started, I just did a little uh, you know brave search uh, on this, and then um, all the search results are starting to black pill me. As as of course, this is the front page <laughs> of of Brave, and I, I try not to use uh, the the Pentagon uh, bioweapons linked uh, alphabet corporation. I try to use Brave search, but the first thing that comes up is an article that says you can now build your own AI girlfriend. Here's how. The next thing, 10 best AI girlfriend apps online, free in 2023. If something's free, you're the product. Romantic <laughs> AI, there's an official website that's literally, I don't want to, I don't even want to promote these it's guys, insane. but holy freaking cow. Yeah. Where have we gone? Money too, yeah. Like tons. And, 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 and what's, sorry, uh, know, really quick, what's really scary about um, all of this as well is they're really putting a concerted effort into conditioning children to accept this as well. So, for example, um, Meta just released a bunch of AI bots. Are you guys familiar with that? So for example, they have Snoop Dogg. It's literally made in his likeness. He's called Dungeon Master. You can chat to him specifically about gaming. Uh, you have Mr. Beast, a bunch of different influencers and celebrities. Well, but, um, yeah, so Billy is Kendall Jenner and she's meant to be your big sister who you go to for advice. Oh and God. so for my video, I was like, let me go ahead and ask her some questions, right. like see the caliber of advice she's giving. Let me just tell you, I would not want my children getting advice from Billy. And what was even scarier, because the purpose of my video was talking about parasocial relationships in the digital age. I was like, what do you think about parasocial relationships? Oh, you know, they can be tricky. You have to remember there's another person behind the screen, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, is our relationship parasocial? Nope, no screens or pretenses between us. You know, imagine kids engaging with bots like this, right. you know, that can literally respond within a fraction of a second. It's conditioning their minds to be far more readily acceptant yeah. of things like these AI girlfriends. But, but also more importantly, they're able to get data from them, from all the information that's already out mm -hmm. there and manipulate them for whatever cause or, or reason they want. They could essentially even radicalize individuals being like, hey, mm -hmm. you know, you should uh, do this because you'll get this many virgins up in this make-believe land where you get upgraded in this artificial intelligence program. And like the levels of how sinister it could get is is astronomical as already. It's really bad. Uh, social media knows when you're about to poop before you poop. They know where you are. They know what you're buying. They know when women are pregnant before they even do. And now you add that to the fact of a one-on-one -on -one conversation interaction with them, especially when it comes to artificial intelligence now that is going to be data harvesting that fucking how this is like terrifying Orwellian technocratic dystopian fucking nightmare in yeah. real life as of course th there are very powerful people are in charge of a lot of these uh, you know technologies that don't like people that just want to make a profit or are just self-interested individuals who are like 
Fuck it. You know, who gives a fuck if we eugenicize or fuck up a whole youth or a whole population of people? As, of course, there's too many people in this world. We got to get rid of them, right? Because of climate change, right? <laughs> Again, fuck. Shit. It, if, like, if it weren't for the surveillance uh, of technology, I wouldn't know when I have to shit. And I'd probably shit my pants all the time. So, like, I'm kind of appreciative of it. On a serious note, I could, though. I can see that. Uh, on a serious note, though, I, you know. To spin this both really, really dark and sad, but also kind of optimistically, there's infinite free porn on the internet. So, like, the fact that these young men are still, they're willing to pay because they want to have some semblance of a, even if it's bullshit, some semblance of a relationship, you know, to make them feel as if there's something more there. It it, it demonstrates to me that there's still life in that, in that void. Like, it, it's, they're still there. But keep in mind, that's, it, the, uh, chatbots is 70% women who are going for that. And I think the men tend to be going more for like visual, like they, they are. But the fact that they're will, I mean, like I said, there's infinite free porn, but they're still willing to pay these only fans girls. So there's the some, only fans girls. Yes. That's yeah. There should wild. be equal that's pay and equal representation on only fans where all the dudes should get paid and have just as much support as all the women. Okay, do. I would agree with that. As soon as we do the same for sports, <laughs> I disagree with both. I disagree with both. I disagree with both. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see that solving or, or helping anybody, but <laughs> is there any reversing this? Is there any going back? Is there any putting the genie back into the bottle? Uh, because, you know, when you look at online pornography use, it's it's just going up. You look at OnlyFans, it's going up. Now, of course, uh, uh, Clint, you brought up that some women are kind of making a lot of money. Some women are, but, but some women on average are only making a couple hundred bucks. But the illusion is there like, hey, women, uh, you know, forget about working hard. Forget about mm -hmm. actually trying to achieve something. Forget about trying to actually have something in your life that is meaningful with uh, your relationships or your skills or who you are as a human being. What do just you mean? Your, That's a huge job. Those show, women are yeah, definitely just working. Just show your butthole and I mean, have some uh, Andrew Tate guy message some dudes and then you're set. I mean, yeah, we actually have we have a mutual friend who I don't, I don't know if. Well, OK, we have a friend that um, she was an attorney. And she passed the bar and she is a qualified licensed attorney. And now she does OnlyFans. She makes, what, seven figures? Yeah. And uh, she's killing it and she loves it and she really enjoys it. And then she could quit whenever she wants. And I, uh, I mean, her family hates it. I actually interviewed her on my show already and talked to her about it and got her opinions about it. But it's just kind of wild. It's, it's a very hard thing to argue with when you have these girls who are saying like, yeah, I've seen the workforce. I've seen what they've had to offer. And some other guy is offering me five times more just to like take a picture of my ass. And <laughs> I already do that for free for my boyfriend. I could just send him the exact same picture. Like, why not? Here's how you argue with it. You go on OnlyFans website and you read their income disclosure where it specifically states that the top 1% of earners only make 2,500 per month. So you could go work at Starbucks. You could go work a regular job, not need to trade in your dignity for cash and have an equal standard what? of living. What about Maybe work a little bit harder. She is an exception. And that's the problem yes. is we take an exception and we glamorize it. Yes. And we yes. make it seem like something that is way more attainable than it actually is and it's honestly it's ridiculous when we're sitting you know at these round table discussions on like fresh and fit or whatever and there's a bunch of only fans girls and they're all talking about being six-figure earners it's like that's literally nearly mathematically impossible by the income disclosure mm. on the OnlyFans website. Like some of you have to be full of shit. Yeah, and the, and the fresh and fit guys are like these these women are bad. But but here's their OnlyFans where you could follow them. Go follow them on on yeah, Instagram and essentially also promoting the larger ideas that they're they're 
against, which I think deserves, uh, you know, a, a little bit uh, of a call out here. You're, you're yeah, kind of smiling the there. The girls wouldn't go on yeah. the platform if they didn't get some type of a promotion, though. So that's the only type of trade off yeah. that they can really offer them. You know, come on the platform. Mm, it's not the only trade off, if you know what I mean, after the cameras stop rolling. AA, but like, whatever. You seem like you know, know some stories here. I don't know here. nothing about any of that. You don't think, I think that people try to flirt off. I mean, I don't think it's. Okay, so for instance, like like Zena's a friend of ours, and she did OnlyFans, and then she started dating Sneeko. And I'm so, like, these guys are saying, oh, we're only using these girls for content. You're not just using them for content. You're also dating these women. You're also fucking these women. So, and then you're telling your audience never to date or fuck these women. Who are your girlfriends? Literally these women. So mm -hmm. what the fuck are you talking about? See, I, I always fall back on that example, but it's not just sneak a Xena. I like Xena a lot, but um, it's the other girls in the space too. All of them are doing OnlyFans. All of everybody in this streaming space is fucking each other. And I don't know what to say. That's why I got into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to pull up more articles here as, of course, there's a lot of different segues that we can make from here. One of them is, uh, is of course, birth control. Some people argue that it, it kind of has been the advent of birth control that has allowed a lot of this kind of uh, what people describe as a hoe economy. Mm, um, and, 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 and then the hoeflation that, that's going on there that, you know, Clint has to deal with all the time. <laughs> Poor guy. Bidenomics uh, and hoeflation really fucking but, my life. But there's a very interesting article by the Daily Mail that was um, titled, I'm a doctor. Here's why women on birth control must stretch their legs during a long haul flight and it talks about the risk of uh, essentially getting blood clots when you're on birth control that being one of uh, that would be the vaccine no yeah, yeah yeah i think so too yeah there's there's that they put the vaccine in birth control oh, there, there, yeah. there you go but 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 i Two think for one. this chemically alters and changes not only a woman's body but their mind and i think the long term ramifications of that is what we're seeing in our in our society where through that men are also becoming weaker because that birth control is being, of course, peed out by the women. It's going into the general uh, water. It's not being filtered out. And then men are taking these substances themselves, especially if they drink the tap water and mm -hmm. are becoming feminized and soy boys and mm -hmm. beta cucks and therefore now more kind of acquiescent to the women that on birth control are more susceptible to want to be with. Because when they're off birth control, they usually want someone who is more of a, a dominant kind of male. Mm -hmm. When they're on birth control, they're essentially looking for suitors because their body believes that they're pregnant and they're looking for someone who will be with them for a long term and take care of them. So right. I, I, I think, hey, I don't know about you guys. I'm pointing the finger directly at birth control here being responsible uh, for uh, the destruction and, and, and crash of civilization. That along with feminism, maybe. Wait, is it just birth control pills, though? Because, like, there's other forms of birth control. Like, there's IUDs that are I'm specifically without... talking about the pills um, that, that women take. The pills yeah. and yeah. the armband and, like, anything with... I think the armband has the same... Doesn't that yeah, have a similar armband has the same hormonal thing. response and, uh, so and everything? some IUDs, if they're hormonal IUDs versus non-hormonal IUDs. Right. But, yeah, that's terrifying. The idea to think that somebody could be on birth control and then get with a guy and then when you actually... Like uh, decide that you want to get pregnant with him, so you go off it, and then to not be attracted to him whatsoever. Like I've heard stories like that, and that yeah. would be 
awful. It's a real thing. And, and uh, you're, I mean, we're only talking about one aspect of this, but if you talk about the psychotropic uh, medications that so many people are on too, that's also in the water. You have, you know, antidepressants and all, and barbiturates and all sorts of things. Are there that are any the medications with like this, I, with this concept that everything that we pee ends up in our water system, are there any medications that don't end up in our water system? And isn't that just like a water uh, system failure at this point? Well, yeah, to, to some extent, I'm sure some of them are, are, uh, you know, they basically degrade to a point that it doesn't have any impact on, on human beings. But I, I think that it would be nice if we had some studies as to, you know, what these impacts are, uh, as Alex Jones has famously Turn said. Frogs gay. But that was astrazine. That was a, right. a chemical farming agent that, of course, is sprayed inside of the United States and, in, and is found in, in about 14 states. So it's not found in all of the United States. It's found in the drinking water of uh, just a few states. So right. that, that, that's not even the birth control in, in the public drinking water. Yeah, but I mean, it, if, if it's enough to turn some frogs gay... Well, at a high enough dose, it's probably enough to turn some boys gay too. Uh, so it's just it's just an interesting thing that I would like some more answers to. I mean, ultimately, I would just like us to get back to a more holistic lifestyle. But I'm not God. I don't have any capacity to actually change everyone's behavior. But it certainly seems as if uh, we're we're very far down the uh, pharmacological, you know, slippery mm -hmm. slope, mm -hmm. and and it doesn't seem as if we're actually talking about this in a way that's like very productive we're it, just like well i have anxiety and i have uh you know panic attacks so of course i have to be on this stuff and it's like all right well the 20 fucking plus percent of young people are on these medications uh, mass shootings are escalating like can we have a talk about uh, a conversation about that as opposed to taking my guns away right like once please yeah Business Insider has an article here that's titled Birth Control Pills Could Add 10 Million Doses of Hormones to Our Wastewater Every Day. Some of that estrogen may wind up in our taps. And uh, I, I think it's pretty clear, especially with uh, the effects on males with their testosterone levels going down, their wiener sizes going down, their gooch sizes going down, their overall kind Not of masculinity being gone. The size of the gooch is shrinking, which oh, is no. an actual real uh -huh. issue. We gotta, uh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta start a campaign, the fight for the Gooch campaign, as of <laughs> course that is usually a major indicator of, uh, you know, a male sex reproductive hormones and a, a male's testosterone levels. And children are being born with smaller wieners and smaller Gooches well, now my, because my, of no. all the chemicals around them that uh, a lot of women are inundated with or artificially take. That of course. Uh, create essentially these children that are now goochless goochless well, or, my, or, no. or, or my goochless generation my gooch, gooch minor my gooch oh, has no. actually been spared but my my dick size has been impacted by this so it's I'm so sorry. it's a terrible combination because my gooch is enormous and my dick is <laughs> Just an enormous TMI, 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 TMI. Thank you. I really needed that visual. <laughs> Get me through just, my day. Just a monstrous gooch over here. Appreciate uh, that. God, I love that word. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, there's gooches. Uh, I'm, I'm looking up more articles here to to highlight the the conversation here because oh, gooch is the gap between your uh, balls and your and your. Uh, ass. Have you been on birth control, Lauren? I am currently on birth control. Oh my God. Do you, I am. Do you, have you noticed that? Like, do you, how do you feel like it's changed the type of men that you're attracted to so from I've before you went on I've been on birth it? control my, basically, my, as soon as I started my period, I went oh. on birth control. Um, yeah, I had really, really terrible acne, like mm -hmm. my entire, like, especially right when I was about to get into my period. And as soon as I got on my period, I wanted to go on Accutane. And they said in order to go on Accutane, you have to go on birth control mm -hmm. first for a month. So I went on birth control for a month and then I planned to go on Accutane and my acne just like 
went away. Went away yeah. And so did all my other issues with like birth control or sorry cramps what I, and everything I like that terrible yeah. cramps my first period ever lasted i swear to god nobody believes me but over 28 days it was yeah and it was just like awful it was really horrible it is so now then it was then birth control and then i i took birth control and it, it made all of those symptoms go away have but, you never taken a break since to see how you feel without it no i think you should try no, yeah, I yeah. And we, you I, should I, document the results. On, it would be really interesting. I'm planning on taking it out as like as soon as possible. I've been reading up about it, but it, I have the arm implant, so like I got it five years ago, back when I was like more of a liberal, and I uh, thought like, yeah. Mm-hmm. How long does wait, it wait? Last? What is five that? Years. What's the arm implant? You literally put this band microchip you could like feel it's like it on microchip. her arm yeah you could feel like, it it's in my arm you took and the I mark really of the beast waited. i've never heard I, of this before so mm. it's like an iud except for it's not like in your region so you, uh, that freaked me out having like something put in there uh-huh. especially because i've heard horror horror stories about this uh-huh. but this is literally just like they shoot it into your arm with like a little needle shoot shoot what a liquid it's like or? it's like a stick and the stick like has a bunch of hormone in it, hormones in it, and like the hormones slowly release over time. And so you're getting your daily amount of heart. So the problem with the pill is women typically forget to take it. You're supposed to take it at the exact same time of day every day. Uh-huh. And they also have for the last week you have placebo pills, so you don't really need the placebo pills. So I would always get the habit of not taking the placebo pills, and then I'd forget to start taking it. Then, so like it, it's just much easier to have it in your arm. You can't forget so to take it in it's the morning. A con- convenience thing yeah are, what are, are you planning on switching that you're saying i'm planning on just getting rid of all birth control and like mm-hmm. first of all ever since uh we flew oh it's covid because i'm on rumble baby i could say it yeah uh, ever since covid uh i've been very anti-pharmaceutical so like i've mm-hmm. been very like i have not been getting any shots i think i've been extremely against it i want to rip this thing out of me i just like Oh, wow. need to get had like my good intentions at heart mm-hmm. so i'm just curious like this thing that i have never heard of um that you have in your arm is that was that like told to you from a friend or how did you like discover that yeah so when i was like trying to get a renewal on my birth control prescription because i you get like a pretty big one so i went back to my doctor and i was like hey i need to get more birth control and they're like okay what kind I was like, what do you mean, what kind? Well, let's talk about the kinds. And then there was all these like other commercials for like these birth controls that make it so you don't have to have your period literally at all. And I'm like, I like that. Because usually when you're on the placebo, that's when you get your period. So like you don't get it and then you have the placebo that you get your period and then you take the pills again and it stops. Um, but I like the idea of just not having your period. So it's like, okay, let's talk about that. And then they're like, well, you could even do one better. You could get something shot in your arm. You get something shot in your cooch. You could do whatever you want. Wait, that, does that actually work? It makes you no period? your period? Yeah, I don't Wait. get... I haven't had like a period. I recently did. So you get, you can get them every once in a while. Like you have a like still have a regular cycle. I feel like that. Oh no, I haven't had like a cycle in like five years. So do you? I, are you backed I up feel by, like, like a thousand that eggs? is so yeah. bad. Probably. Yes. Yes. I feel like so that's convenient. so bad for it's you. Because so <laughs> I've heard of women doing that with the pill, like back in the day. Like yes. if they went away on school camp, they would keep if they knew they were about to be due they would to their skip period, the placebo. They would skip the placebo ones and keep taking the actual pill just to prolong their period and even the thought of that i'm like that has to be so bad for you mm-hmm. dude never getting your period I know. yeah that's not uh, natural uh but, but how convenient for for for, for what it's gonna be oh what you mean convenient for this is such a man question like every girl was like convenient for what for not having your period once a month motherfucker that's so fucking convenient do you know how 
how annoying it is. It's also a good excuse to be like, oh, I'm. It's the time of the month. I'm on I my mood. Do like, don't listen, bother listen, me. Listen. I need listen. all the chocolate right now and leave me alone. Listen, I I believe periods are psyops. They're not real. <laughs> They're made up. Women are just needing an excuse. How? What creature? What creature bleeds once a month and survives? Literally, I don't understand. It, 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 this. Literally all mammals. All mammals. What are you new to? Especially your dog, but not once a month. But your dog does too. Remember that. Yeah. So, so, uh, all. So all female uh, animals are. are fake and gay as far as i'm concerned <laughs> yeah absolutely no um, Andro- android motherfuckers I, I agree absolutely totally true uh but but like uh, yeah, yeah doctors i think are, are absolute criminals i think we we learned during covid that they did not give a fuck about people i think they killed people deliberately with their first initial response to covid i think they treated the american people as fucking guinea pigs with the covid19 vaccine i thought what they did was absolutely criminal big pharma has hijacked it and i think big pharma essentially worships fucking satan because how else do you explain such debaucherous fucked up evil behavior from all the doctors from all the fucking people that isolated people from their family members and gave them a fucking glove made with hot water like what the how i can tell you it's It's, evil it's actually it's actually very interesting because you have like these groups that are somewhat private but also somewhat government in control of licensing so for like doctors licensing so you have these doctors who are not only deeply ingrained in the idea of education like you have to be in part of academia for such a prolonged period of time in order to be a medical professional and a lot of that has to do with just like kissing ass and so you're in this like line that you're in line that's how you became how you made it to a doctor you have done all of the right things and so now you have your bosses the people that you've trusted you you learned everything for telling you that this is the one and only way so not only do you have that so most doctors are just going to follow that now if you are a truly independent thinking doctor and you're like wait i don't agree with this party line i've learned enough to maybe you know have some more rational thought here behind it um it's still a control of your license at that point okay mm-hmm. well you might disagree but do you how much do you want to fight this because you will lose your license yeah. and then it's at that point it's just a survival tactic and so but that's when you know that there is some validity and how fucked up all of this is when there are doctors who are willing to do so and have done that exactly. they've stepped up they've used their platform and they were getting shut down censored mm-hmm. shadow banned from every which direction um but, literally yeah. fired people were fired for, for so trying to help people and trying to save their lives and the people who killed people were promoted were given bonuses and the federal government came in and said give us more cases give us more vaccine patients we'll give you more federal funding the more you Here's- have people die in your hospital Here's how we resolve like a lot of that issue. Yeah, first of all, you don't have federal government incentivized death. Like if you're going to have anything that's financially incentivized, you're going to get more of. So if you're saying the more people that die here, the more you're going to get money. That's not a good thing. Um, That being said, another way that you could solve these issues, because you said earlier in the podcast, all lawyers are evil, all doctors are evil. Well, these are two professions where you have these boards, these like cabals essentially in charge of them they're they're part government part private entities and they are completely in control of licensing and i in in my opinion i feel like there should be like a couple like there should be competition maybe they should have not just a bar association they should have multiple associations in which you can become a practicing attorney or maybe they should have same for the medical licensing groups they should have multiple different options but currently they don't yeah they have a monopoly on it and it's it's obviously deeply corrupt we we 
prove that definitively during the COVID era. But, um, you know, my concern is that you have, uh, you know, I've had Dr. Latipo, the Surgeon General of Florida on Liberty Lockdown. I've had on uh, Robert Malone. I've had all these doctors that had their lives basically oh, no. ruined and redirected because they were willing to tell the truth. I mean, Dr. Malone, for fuck's sake, was like right. one of the originators of mRNA technology. Right. So the fact that him and McCullough and all of these incredibly prestigious, highly acclaimed doctors just prior to COVID all lost their everything because they told the truth in this time. And yet people will still say, well, most doctors say that the vaccine's safe and effective. So I'm going to side with them. It's like, you're a fucking idiot. Right. The, the experts, the ones that sacrificed and risked everything to tell you the truth, you're going to put their their opinion and hold equal equal weight or less weight than these fucking losers that, that went along with the game plan that ruined the world? What it reminds Makes me you, furious. It reminds me of like someone holding up like this can to like 50 people and then being like with a gun like say this can is blue and like 49 of them are like it's blue right. it's a blue can and then one of them's like it's an orange can i'm like pop right. okay say this can's blue they're like it's blue uh well the majority of people yeah. the majority of people are saying this is blue so i'm gonna side with the majority of people it's like yeah the majority of people are saying right. that for a reason well, and, and for the record i mean it used to be that, uh, you know, the, the food pyramid, we were like, we have to eat 11 daily doses of grains right. and sugar, you know, <laughs> but fat and protein got to minimize that. That's at the top of the pyramid. You only have that as a snack. And it's like, no, it's all totally fucking inverted. And, and yet we still listen to these people about anything. Right. Why do we listen to these people? They're obviously fucking frauds. They're paid off by lobbyists. They're, they're just deeply immoral, cowardly, fucking pathetic human beings. And yet we're like, I'm going to dictate how I live my life based off their fucked advice that's retarded like yeah. literally retarded what are you doing stop listening to these people they're all corrupt they're all criminals i just i want prosecutions i want Fauci behind bars i can say that here so i'm gonna say it <laughs> absolutely yeah. i mean it's 100%. so what would you uh what would he be behind bars for it's such a difficult thing like for what it lines on against the for, law for like, funding for funding gain of function research which is a fucking basically a war crime yeah giving like, echo health alliance the funding to of course uh weaponize the wuhan uh he was in charge of determining who got what funding so i would yes. almost say that he i wonder if he has and then covering up and lying about the origins of the virus and his funding to it and the larger connection that so, it actually came from his facility lying in front of congress obviously like oh, yeah. that that's something that, that he could be prosecuted but that's the for. minimum aspect i'm talking about what he did was create a bioweapon which ruined the mm -hmm. fucking world mm -hmm. if you can't find a law to prosecute <laughs> him under you need to dig a little deeper like there's a law there i, I can assure you i believe that the first covid vaccine was like patented before covid even went like mainstream right like yeah. you could look it up inside of a patent office well and and on top of that there's there's code within covid itself which was patented by uh, i don't know if it was moderna I can't remember which which pharmaceutical company, but it was it's so clearly engineered, human, right. man-made. And it's like and Fauci, that 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 research was was banned under Barack Obama. And then basically he just he, because he couldn't do it domestically, he outsourced it to Wuhan. That's exactly what right. he did. It's so obvious. But the, the GOP is deeply in on it, too, because if they weren't, they'd be investigating this dude. They'd be they'd have him on trial. But he's not. Because they, they're all guilty, too. It's so infuriating. Well, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about the power of prosecution and, like, how you want to affect that power and what cases you think are easily triable versus good for society and well, stuff like that. If, if it's not good for society to prosecute people that create bioweapons and then lie about it mm -hmm. and, then, and then are also put in charge of fucking fixing the disaster that they created... Well then, we need a whole new society. No, we I have to start I agree the fuck with you. over. I agree with you. 
I'm just playing devil's advocate. What people would say is like, okay, well, anytime someone does a governmental job then and does poorly, are we going to prosecute them? And if so, yes, we're going to end up... And, all and, of them. And Lauren, Lauren, are you saying he did so, poorly? Come on. That's, and if so, like if someone does something incorrect in, in a governmental position and therefore becomes like prosecuted... I, then we might not have many people willing awesome. to sign up yes. for But it's government. not that like he just dropped the ball, what he's, like it was contrived. And yeah. I think that yeah. when you're able to prove definitively or at least, you know, by a large burden of proof that that is what went down, then... He oh yeah, they should be prosecuted. He conspired. I just... He conspired for God's sakes. He conspired with uh, all those doctors that that wrote the letter saying that it was laughable that it came from the Wuhan Institute right, of Virology. Right. This motherfucker covered up his tracks. Crystal clear. That's what he did. He then lied in front of Congress about right. it. He funded the motherfucking virus that shut down the world. I, I just want to make sure everyone saying. understands what I'm saying yeah, here. I read the it's email like, chain. Come, <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on. I, what are we talking? Can we find something to prosecute this guy? No, we don't want to set a bad precedent because then people won't fucking run for office good don't if you want to destroy the world i want you in fucking prison forever it literally forever it fucked ever. up people's lives it really really fucked up people's lives and i forget that sometimes because my life was partially unaffected in a lot of ways i already worked from home i lived in hawaii briefly when it started and then we moved to florida mm. escaped to florida but you know when i would talk to my family back home in australia for example oh, oh my god the horror oh, stories so of what covid was like over in australia like my mom was literally so relieved to know that i was here versus being in the same country as people her, were which arrested people were locked up in gulags because they dared so to even criticize uh, some police officers people were like oh we don't like you you had an argument with us straight to the gulag straight to a camp where the government literally held you under duress without mm. your help and participation and which was just freaking another layer of just how far some governments will go when it comes to their larger kind of what? criminality which deserves to be called out absolutely prosecute them. prosecute all government officials the less government the better government for me the the, the best <laughs> no I, I, I would take your comment I and agree. i would say lauren specifically i the best dream would be people too afraid to, to be in government to the point that there's no government <laughs> I agree, that's my dream no but, government okay i agree but hold on going back to fauci he had been in government for how many decades too and long he, and 40 he had years been, i think and he had already had multiple mistakes. Maybe it's not so much about prosecuting people. Like at this point, we should prosecute Fauci. But it's not so much about prosecuting people when they mess up. It's about getting rid of people timely. Um, and he, like for instance, with the AIDS debacle, he should have gotten rid of immediately. He was telling people that they should be worried. So for instance, if um, one person in the family has AIDS, then you might get AIDS by going like this. Like it might be, right. or by sneezing near them. And this created like massive. He said that? Yes. yes. Fauci. Yeah. In yeah, he created massive as well as drugging people that, and that fucking them up. That should have been the yeah. end for him. He also, right. he also put out AZT, back? which fucking killed countless yes. gay people. And then he then he puts out this COVID vaccine, which kills countless gay, uh, you know, innocent people. Everyone, it, yeah. it's it's just it's unbelievable. And let me also add, he was also responsible with the protocols that said that children had to be masked up and social yeah. distance, which fucking ruined an entire generation of social children. development. Yeah, yeah the, I mean the list of of evils that this man's capable of or or participated in or was responsible for fucking actually creating is limitless. He's one of the most evil people that has ever been in politics in any time in human history. Plus he tortured really Be I'm, I am dead serious. <laughs> he, he's, he, he's he tortured beagles. Beagle puppies know, literally had the their face flies. eaten off with sand flies. Oh my for, god. For, 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 I already hated yeah. 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 so much. Yeah. I, I was like, what the fuck? 
I heard that wasn't him, technically. No, but. it was. It okay. absolutely was. So, and then there was also okay. experimentation on orphan children that a lot of people don't even know about that was about also that. really fucked up. This guy's Dr. No, fucking Mengele times 10 with government bureaucracy behind him. The most evilest motherfucker out there, as of course he was working on bioweapons all the way since 2001 after the Patriot Act passed a law specifically in a provision within it that allowed the United States to actually do this shit. And he and, was the front person and, doing all of it. And those anthrax attacks most likely came from uh, God, Fort Detrix, yeah, Maryland. Fort Detrix, Maryland, yeah. which is the same guy who was responsible for many of the te- what what looks like were the preliminary uh, studies or or uh, you know scientific uh, investigations that led to C nineteen in the first place. So mm. I I think it was an inside job from fucking start to finish, and I want I want these people like. Like, life in prison is my compromise position. If you think That's about what the I government feel. did, I think they deliberately released the virus. I think they engineered a virus that they knew would, would spread just enough to, to get people sick, but not to kill everybody. But they were like, we're going to use this as the main excuse in order to push in all the things we couldn't get through when it came to climate change. We're just going to implement this shit because of a global oh, virus. Did you, so, hear, yeah. did you hear there's going to be a climate change uh, lockdown soon? I've heard. Who speculated that? Was it? Uh, was it Alex Jones? No, I don't think. It was. I mean, we've only been talking about yeah, it for, for like years. twenty years. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Oh. Uh, yeah, Alex Jones uh, has okay, been talking I, about I it for like so. thirty years. No, but okay. specifically, but, yeah. like COVID like was coming up soon. Yeah, like COVID was supposed was over. to be yeah. the test. Yeah, that was like see the ca- if we can get and that's people what I to think lock it down. Was as well, like not only to bring like bring things in and implement these things they weren't able to do through climate change, but also to test to see how subservient can we make people be. Bingo. And testing like different countries and different geographical locations according to different politics, different, you know, economies. Yep. And it's be- it was extremely telling. Yeah, yeah I was actually really shocked that America folded as quickly, especially even I remember Trump, when I found not by comparison to places like Australia, New Zealand, other places in the world that, that Israel, were specifically worse. Israel locked down yes. really hard. And here in the United States, Donald Trump was going after U.S. Congress members that didn't want to lock down. And he was crit- criticizing Sweden because Sweden didn't want to lock down. And Donald Trump said Sweden's going to lead so many people that to death because the, they're not locking hold on, down. To be fair, wasn't Trump talking about like lock? on the airports no he was no no he was talking about that but he was specifically talking about 14 days to slow the spread it was his administration that put it forward after that after that though and that was a major major fuck up but he still hasn't learned from and hasn't actually accepted that he fucked up of the vaccine as well right initially do you guys think so if trump becomes president what they're going to do is release another virus and then they're going to go do what they did before. That's essentially what's going to happen. So either way, we're basically screwed. Exactly. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because, what else? because because if you're if you're Dr. Fauci, if you're Bill Gates, if you're Echo Health Alliance and Peter Daszak, you got away with it the first time. You were never held responsible. You were able to restrict people's freedom, get all this money, get all this power, get all this influence, and you got away with it. Why wouldn't you do it again? Why so that's why you? you're for Trump going in and prosecuting, like as soon as he can, yes. and like. But but if he will, uh, he'd but have who? to prosecute himself. Yes. That's the problem. Is like these guys are all they're all yeah. dirty and guilty With themselves. With Operation Warp Speed, Donald Trump gave essentially no right. liability to all these horrible motherfuckers that 
uh, used us during a very horrible time to profit off of yeah, in, okay. in very disgusting. And they used ways. they used taxpayer funding to do this research, which, by the way, they miraculously they had the framework for the fucking vaccine within days of of actually identifying what COVID nineteen was. What a miracle! Just, just a fucking incredible coincidence. Look, there's so much there's so much weirdness about this, and it just. I feel so gaslit that I'm like I'm still screaming into the wilderness about this, and yet it's like people are like, "We've moved on. That's 2020. <laughs> Let it go." It's like y'all broke the world. I ain't moving on until people are behind and bars. And I think it's dangerous to to not talk about it anymore yeah. because this is the way that we remember is right. by staying fired up. Like if we just let this slip to the back of our minds, push it under the rug, then it's going to be so much easier yeah. for them to roll it on out. It's again. kind of like uh, we're all gonna care every single day and we're going to make it our mission to bring home every single american from afghanistan right right we brought them home it just took 20 years no big deal no we did not after biden left afghanistan everyone was like we're going to remain fired up we're going to remember this day we're going to remember how many like americans were left behind and we are oh, going yeah. to constantly try, no. like think about them and get them home and it's like afghanistan Afghan who? who like we now have ukraine we now have israel all these sexy countries that are wet and we, however luke describes them they're ready to be drilled they're ready for drilling are tens of thousands of, of uh, Afghanis that worked hand in hand with our special forces and our troops on the ground there that all were promised, uh, I know, you know, citizenship be, yes. or whatever visas to come to America, and they were just fucking left behind. And yes, most, of them, are, most of them, most of them are being hunted by the the current uh, you know government there. It's it's and atrocious what we've done every time and time again. And we forgot, like we don't talk about that ever. Nope. Nobody ever talks about that because it's 2021 news. Well, because I can't fucking afford my groceries, so it's like I can't really focus on these Afghani yes. translators that we right. fucked over because life is falling apart domestically. Mm -hmm. and, and yes, that's actually so true. People have been asking me to talk about the Israel-Palestine thing for a while, and I'm just kind of like, mm, no, thank you. Like it's way more. Like I have my own stuff, and like the world is so chaotic right now that if I were to try to care about everything constantly, I wouldn't be able to care about myself. I have to put right. mm -hmm. the oxygen mask on myself. Exactly. That being said, it's something so selfish about it. Everybody is thinking with that mentality. Well, it's just like for those that have the bandwidth, like we need you in this fight. And mm -hmm. for those that don't, like look after yourself, get yeah. off of get off of porn and OnlyFans and like try yeah. and try and get your shit together. Yeah. You know? try, try to take care of yourself, which brings me to the next story Ooh. that I think is worth paying attention to. And this is from fatty, fatty, the Metro <laughs> saying chef lost 21 stones after friend texted him fat fuck every day for six yeah. weeks. And here's love. the before and after photo. And my reaction to this story is that I will start calling everyone fat fuck so uh, Clint, oh, oh start yeah messages from you that's, i'm just kidding <laughs> fat fuck clint what do you think about this story uh, i think that's love right there dude i think that like guys who talk shit to their homies and get them to get their lives together and get their shit together is a fucking beautiful thing okay now this is the controversial part fat fuck stephanie what do you think about this <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. You can't, you, can't say that to you can't say that to women. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, men and women are different. I think that it's, you know, obviously a man could speak to a man like that. A, a woman wouldn't very rarely be able to speak to a woman like that, but a man definitely. 
hey, 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 it's Fat Amy. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we were we were actually talking about fatties last night, and every time we looked up a fatty, their name was Amy. And we were just like, that wait, was what just is one. This? That was no, one, that was two. Oh, there was just, just oh. Amy Schumer, shots fired. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, there's like Amy Slayton and Amy, I forget the other one, but you, have you ever seen Sisters by the Ton? No, or, no. Okay, so there's, uh, no, there's is Family this, by the Ton. Fat, there's fat thousand. Yeah, no, no, there's Family by the Ton, then there's Thousand Pound Sisters, and then there's My 600 Pound Life, and they're, they're all essentially the same show, but just, like, repackaged. Okay. And it's pretty fascinating. Like, I'm obsessed with fat people. Um, I, they're, I find called, they're called fats. Please address them correctly. The fats. fats. I find the fats very interesting. The fats. Um, so I find the whole uh, body positive movement extremely fascinating. Like, all the a million excuses that they come up for. The healthy at any size. The NAFA. I find, I just find fat people. Uh, I question for everyone, uh, really quickly. Who's more fat, women or men? Women. Amy. I'm actually not sure on, on the stats. I Clint? have no clue. Uh, in terms of body fat percentages, clearly women. Steph? I have no idea. I would say it'd be both. And there's a lot of obese people in America. Women. Who's the fatty winner? Women. women. As of course, we have this article by NPR. More women than men are obese in America, and gap is widening. <laughs> Gee, uh, I, I, I wonder like why. And I, and I think our Please. kind of uh, interaction here that me and Clinton had and me and Stephanie here kind of explain that kind of yep. uh, dynamic. Mm. As, of course, a lot of women are you know always told, you're beautiful no matter what. A lot of women are usually fake to other women. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you have that more now with males, especially with males becoming more effeminate. But um, I, I do think not being blunt, not being honest, which, you know, a lot of men usually are between each other. Generally speaking, I don't mean to just uh, uh, categorize everyone in one specific way here, but uh, I, I think there is something to say when it comes to the conversations that people are having between each other mm -hmm. and the way we treat each other as opposite sexes. And I think uh, we should normalize, uh, I'll be honest here, and, and this might sound a little mean, fat shaming. I, I, I think well, we should, but, but because it truly, if you really do care about somebody, you want them to become better, just like this guy who was really really fat, really obese, until his friend literally texted him fat fuck every day for six weeks. How many days is that? Clint, you do the math. You're the uh, math. You're the numbers. Yes. Imagine investing so much time and then someone being like, yeah, I should actually go to the gym. I should go for walks. I should take care of myself. And they did. And I think that's an amazing, beautiful story because now this fat fuck is an awesome human being who is going to be uplifting and helping other people and inspiring them to live their best lives. Do you think that men and women respond? So I recently said the same thing on a podcast about fat people. Uh, but do you think men and women respond the same to shame? Like No, totally different. Right. So like yeah, I'm for fat shaming. However, if the majority of people who are fat are women, what is the way to actually get them? And I think that they're already, ah, oh, maybe they're not already shamed because then they have entire groups like NAFA being like, you go queen, you're beautiful. And then you have Health Magazine being like, you're healthy on any size. Exactly. So there's and literally then, and then, no and then shame. Black guys, don't even let me get into that topic here specifically. <laughs> they've been they've been helping out the fats, uh, the, especially the fat women a lot. So Yeah, I mean, I feel like shaming works for women. It used to work as a deterrent when it comes to more of the sex work stuff i mean women when you g want to insult another woman by default the w the number one thing she her brain goes to is whore slut something like that because subconsciously we know that that is offensive that Fucking is not whore. a good thing and it used to work and it used to be somewhat of a deterrent up until the normalization and glamorization of it and i think we're very much seeing the same thing with the fat positivity movement too 
it's scary yeah, yeah and it, both have i think both have disastrous consequences i can't i don't know which one's the delusion for me is the thing so like it, it it's crazy because like if um if you're trying to shame somebody but then they're able to delude themselves out of every single criticism mm -hmm. like okay so you're what you're ugly well no men still want to have sex with me well you're unhealthy no they say that i'm healthy at every size mm -hmm. well like uh, and then also certain parts of the fat like fat acceptance group it's pretty crazy they say because you could be healthy at any size if you try to lose weight then you're being fat phobic mm -hmm. so this whole use of like shaming that's another win way that women shame each other by saying like you're homophobic you're this phobic you're transphobic you're whatever phobic so by now you're shaming women for being fat phobic and that's another way to like encourage women to <laughs> gain weight it's actually pretty crazy hmm Steph, you want to say yeah, something? Yeah, I mean, I, I, why should we be shaming people, though? Is, is Because, like, why can't we, like, lovingly say, like, you know, can you touch your toes? Like, even, Isn't that shaming maybe them? Maybe even fat people. Some fat people You're shaming them. That is a shame. Touch yeah. your toes. But it's What if you're a fatty being, and you can't touch your toes? What if you're not a fatty and you can't touch your toes? I know a lot of people like that. Okay, but you're shaming them for not being able to do a particular skill. But like, No, you don't need to shame. You can just ask the question. I didn't shame anyone. I just said, can you touch your toes, right? For example, can you touch your toes? And, and then you just think, well, wow, I can. Man, I can ask a know? question and then it'd be just a question. So be shaming like, hey, why are you such a slut? I mean, hey, why are you so bad at makeup? Hey, why are you? Why is your hair? No, shit? but your hey, question why, is like, why it's like are judgmental. You so bad I'm just asking like a fact. Like, can you do this? Can you do that? Like, can you reach down and touch your toes? Can and you, you know figure what? out it where the still... mall is to get better clothes, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> it would likely still evoke the same reaction, though. And that's like, t shame is still a helpful tool because even if you ask somebody something like that, they are still going to feel some form of shame at the end of the day so it's like you can do it more lovingly or you can be more direct again also, going back to guys that's just how they communicate so the i don't think there's anything wrong with that the lovingly thing i just don't know like when i okay if i if you were trying to motivate me to do something let's say like uh, i don't even know okay let's say um you wanted me to move my car and you were like hey lauren do you mind moving your car and i'm like yeah 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 i'll get to it and you're like okay and you just keep lovingly do yeah yeah it's so easy to brush off like lovingly very rarely seems to get people but if you're like hey you need to move that car because you're blocking traffic you're affecting people you are a problem here you you need to fix this issue and you're shaming me for my then i'd be like oh geez okay like i'd have more motivation to actually do something because like i'm becoming problematic like I it's think the ideal response is somewhere in the middle, you know, like if I needed to have an honest conversation with one of my friends, if I was genuinely concerned, not just about their physical health, but their mental health, maybe an addiction issue, whatever it may be. Like sometimes you need to be willing to have those uncomfortable conversations. And depending Absolutely. on the person, you tailor your response and you use a little bit of tact and emotional intelligence to base your response accordingly. Well, I, mm -hmm. that's the thing. That, it's interesting that you mentioned addiction. I believe being fat is literally it's an, just an addiction. a food addiction. Yeah. That's all it mm -hmm. is. There's nothing more to it. Mm -hmm. It's an extremely powerful addiction. I think 
sometimes more powerful than drugs, yeah. cocaine. That, that, well, the food companies put substances in there that, of course, uh, spike your, your dopamine and make you chemically addicted yes. onto them. Mm-hmm. As, of course, more and more foods have more and more sugar in them, are becoming more detrimental to the human being taking them to the point where people can't get off of them. Right. They have candida. They're addicted to the sugar. They need that high. They need that kind of up. And I, I think that's why everyone's getting into sports drinks right now and energy drinks because everyone's feeling fucked because of the food has been essentially poisoned. Now right. they're saying have more poison chemicals yeah. in order to, of course, fix yourself and have more <laughs> energy. Five-hour energy. Take our energy drinks. Drink a fucking Red Bull. Have a Snickers. Fuck that. You're going to have diabetes. You're going to have ass cancer. You're going to get fucked being in the hospital essentially because you put poison into your body. Mm. And uh, I think that needs to be called out anyway. Be what? fucking rude. Be mean. Be nice. Be But fucking call it out call because it out. there's a chemical fucking war out there where people are being chemically castrated and poisoned and, and people are, are, are too afraid to, to speak out against it because they don't want to be deemed fat phobic or not nice. Exactly. Fuck that, fatty. Fucking get better now. Go to the gym now. Stop putting shit in your mouth now. That's it. Well, and, and to, to Lauren's point about how it's an addiction, this is exactly what addicts do. When they, when they crash, they take an upper. And then once they have too many uppers, they take a downer. That's essentially what our, our diets are like now. You take, you take the sugar, then you crash, then you have to supplement with creatine. Then you, then you have a glass of wine at night to try and take the edge off of all the caffeine that you're fucking you know, jacked out of your mind off of. Mm. Like This is all a very... And then if that's, all of that doesn't work, then they put you on the psychotropic medications and you're like, well, now I'm on... I take a Xanax whenever I have anxiety, <laughs> but I've also had 10 cups of coffee today. But then I, I needed an antidepressant because you know, my How dad... How does he know my diet? Me. <laughs> this is so wild. Have you been following me? <laughs> it's the birth control diet. He knows. This is just the average American at this point, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's our time. Um, Amy Lauren, where can people find you guys? Yeah, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Lauren De Laguna. That's D E L A G U N A. Um, all of the same platforms. Uh, definitely check me out on YouTube, guys. I just hit twenty thousand subscribers. Congrats! Um, and nice. if possible, definitely you know try to give some love to that shadow band video. See if we can, you know, this boost is, it yeah. up from the overlords of YouTube. Absolutely. Uh, feel free to send it to me, and I'll put it in the description so more people could find uh, you both so of your channels. But I would absolutely recommend moving over to Rumble mm-hmm. because you could actually have real conversations, and it is a place that a lot of people are going to. A lot of new content creators are going on and if i had any advice for people who are starting off brand new start on the alternative platforms because unless you're marvel or disney or some other major corporation you're not going to get any favorable play on youtube because they don't give a fuck about you clint what's your channel uh liberty lockdown is the primary show but uh at liberty lockpot on twitter if you will support my work by subscribing and shoot me a DM, I will follow you back. I like to support the people that are supporting me and what I do. Thank you guys so much for that. And then uh, Tower Gang Lord Miles on Wednesday and uh, myself and Dave Smith on Timcast IRL Wednesday and then myself on Friday. Don't miss any of it. Tell Lord Miles before he uh, you know gets kidnapped again or goes somewhere off uh, wild in the world to come to Miami and hang, and hang out. Oh, I, yeah, think, yeah. I think it's Visa. I, I was talking to him on, on Twitter. I believe his visa was denied yes, into the United States. It was States. actually funny Fuck. because I was supposed to hang out with him. Uh, so I went to go visit my ex, Martin Shkreli, and we went to go see... Wait, t- the fuck? Your ex was Martin Shkreli? And then we went to go... <laughs> Holy shit. We went to go to Tucker Carlson, and we were supposed to meet up with 
with um, Lord, Lord Miles, Miles while he was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And Tucker said that Lord Miles was banned from coming to the country because he had tweeted about going on Tucker. So I was supposed to like meet. I was supposed to have dinner with wow. him and yeah. Martin and Tuck. Lord so. Miles, if you're watching, just walk through the southern border. They're allowing everyone in. Nice. Uh, so uh, I'd love you could to probably meet you. yeah yeah you could probably come in uh, through there, but uh, not legal advice, Steph. Steph, we are change on Insta. <laughs> that was pretty easy and simple. Thank you so much, everyone. This was a really fun conversation. We went into different uh, conversations that I never thought I would personally get into myself, but I thought the conversation was definitely fruitful and very interesting. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for watching. Oh, yeah, we, I think we also had some super chats I forgot to address. And, uh, yeah, we did. Sorry. Uh, I apologize for that. I'm going to scroll up here. We got I'm not your buddy guy who said, quote, I wasn't necessarily arguing for war, but rather warning that we can't enter the mentality of peace at any cost because that too could pave the way for global authoritarianism the wef argues this i agree on that sentiment that does make sense on some ways but it, it, it there needs to be a leveled response that i think uh, a measured response i think that's is something that we should call for rather than the inverse of that that creates more war uh, another uh, super chat here by ada19 just gave uh, the, the we are change uh, text and a thumbs up and we have another one that uh, gave us a donation on mysuperchat.com and this was Terminal Console who said quote my tax dollars funding these wars is enraging enough I fear US troops get pulled into this mess my son and a few years away from the drafting age it will be a nightmare for me if he gets drafted by a woke military to fight for foreign affairs absolutely that is a nightmare and a lot of people believe a draft can't happen it can especially if there's a bigger global conflict and every human being is needed for the safety and security of the nation as of course recruitment levels all-time low not an accident they're going to be grabbing anyone and everyone including up to the age of 60 in order to fight their wars just like they are in ukraine anything else you guys want to say really quickly before we go thanks for having me thank you so much yeah. And don't be a fatty. I love you guys. Stay <laughs> tuned for more here on rumble.com forward slash.